still gotta get new to this new setup over here. Yeah, I gotta move my chair over from the computer room. The computer part of the room over here to the studio part of the room. And we just made it after causing an earthquake. Hello, Patricia, how you doing? Hello, Walden. I am fine. I have a question for you. Of course. I think everybody knows by now that occasionally you would just kind of fall over and go to sleep because you were sitting on your bed. It's perfectly that but true. Where, what are you, and you're sitting on a chair now. What are you going to fall over on when you fall asleep? The carpet. Oh, boy. I don't know. You know, I, I protested. I didn't want to have... Mom decided to put hard floors in the house, and I protested. I didn't want that stuff. <laughs> I wanted the carpet stuff. I, I think... It's easier to fall on. All things considered, I think carpet was a good thing to fight for. It's warmer in the house, too. Yes, it is. It is warmer. Well, we got a special guest on the line. And what bring him up? The one and only Johnny Gray Gasman. Hello there. Walden. Hi. Hey, hey, hey. About Long two minutes ago. No yeah, about two minutes ago, Walden, when you were talking to Patricia, we heard you as you were talking to her. I don't know if that actually got on the air, but it reminded me of the Shamrock Hotel. Oh, I know. I tell you some swearing on the line on the air. Coming through here, they're blanking it up, boys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> blanking it up is what he said. Uh, See now? Well, we better explain what the Shamrock Hotel thing is just for our listening audience and for Patricia. Oh, I know okay. what it is. Oh. Do you want to do, do it or shall we? Oh, I think it'd be more fun. They've heard me refer to it a couple of times, so you guys go right ahead. The Seal Test Variety Theater starring Dorothy Lamore was a radio show that was on in 1948, 1949. She had several shows that she did, but this one was brought to you by Seal Test. And Glenn... Glenn Hall Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, okay, but, okay, I'm trying to think of the oil millionaire. Oh, um... Glenn McCarthy. Uh, Glenn McCartney. McCarthy, out of Houston, yeah. built this humongous hotel called the Shamrock Hotel. And he thought it would be great for publicity if the show would come down and do that but they also had tons of actors that they also he also invited i mean it was incredible the problem was that they invited too many people the, also the problem was that they allowed them to drink first uh and they also uh, uh i think there was a local local station that was allowed to use the facilities of the hotel to broadcast and the engineers at the hotel, not at NBC, but the hotel, never got the wires fixed from that local broadcast, so they didn't have everything right. They were told originally, no, once we've got it set, don't touch it, but they did. And so the end result was, when the program actually went on the air, the Seal Test Variety Theater, you actually heard stuff coming down the NBC line from the hotel control room. And, and you also heard... Um, the broadcast, but it was being picked up through a phone. Now, now the engineers heard what was coming out on the air correctly, but nobody else did. Nobody else did. So they were commenting uh, about why it wasn't coming through correctly and didn't know that they were on the air. <laughs> and some of the four-letter words. Saying some four-letter words. Now, you don't hear very many. I've got another disc somewhere, and I think you hear a little more of the engineers, but there really isn't anything that bad. 
Oh, there's one word we could not air even today. Oh, we, yeah, that was a word we had to bleep when we when we aired that. Yeah. But we've done it several times. Well, it depends on what version you got, the West Coast or the East Coast version, right? We have both. Yes. Yeah, because one of them, Frank Barton, is doing a cottage cheese or an ice cream commercial, and the other one is um, John Lang doing the commercials. But eventually, once they got it squared away and got back into it, the loud uproar from the drinking people in this auditorium, you, you couldn't, the, the, audi- the, the actors couldn't hear each other. And this is about 15 minutes into the show. On the stage. And Ed Gardner had already uh, tied a couple on, and yeah. so he was feeling no pain. And he's like, and the horses are off at Santa Anita. You know, and Van Heppen's saying, come on, stick to the script. Jordy Lamore saying the same thing. And uh, he didn't say, oh, Dorothy. Oh, come on, Dorothy. Come on. You know, it, it's kind of fun to hear. And remember, Glenn Hotel is laying on the floor, tapping on people's shoes when they speak. Right, because they couldn't hear each other. Yes. Uh, he's tapping, he, he, oh. he has a great explanation of this whole thing at, at a Spurdback meeting back in 1980. I think. Which yeah, you got it. I was doing that. It was at the Boyer Park Library. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. We should do that whole show one night with all the various preambles. We did that on the air when, uh, when we were doing the show uh, on, the, on the actual radio, and we should probably either find that or recreate it. Yeah, because it's a fa- and then the, the fascinating thing. The, it got tons of publicity because everybody found out what was going on, and everybody just, you know, minutianized. Minutianized? They, uh, they dissected it. To the point where it was incredible, but nobody got fired. I think. Oh, wait a minute. Did Murphy get fired, the engineer? He might have. Not sure about that. I don't think he did actually, because he because he didn't know that that he was actually being heard. Now, granted, you're not supposed to say anything in front of a lot, but he didn't know, didn't know the mic was live. So I don't think he got fired. I think because no, he didn't because years later, he was the engineer on One Man's Family. You're that, right. That anniversary party. You're right. <laughs> But anyway, that's why I brought that up because I heard Walden talking in the background, and and and, and I wondered if it actually went through the board, and that's what brought me to because I told John this sounds like the Shamrock Hotel all over again. <laughs> <laughs> but Trish, is minuteness a word? Not any, well, it is now. Yeah, I know. Larry just made a new word. Yeah. M I N U T E A I A E E A E. Now. Hey, look, I, I invented the word. You figure out how to spell it. No, you didn't. It's, it's really a word. Hi, guys. How you doing? Well, doing good. It's good to talk to both of you again. Thank you. It's good to be talked at again. <laughs> yes, that's right. You are being talked at. So were you with Walden? Everybody was together today at the Spurdback event? We, yes, uh, they rented a van and picked us up, uh, and, and we all headed towards North Hollywood and had a great time. Good. Uh, we emceed most of the luncheon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to emcee more of it, but we wound up cutting all of our stuff because we needed to be done by four because there was uh, they had to tear down to get ready for a wedding. And so we were after a while, we said, okay, we can cut us, we can cut this, we can cut that. And we actually were only about eight or nine minutes over uh, by the time it all got done. But we, we had four recreations that we did. And we, John and I introduced everybody in the room, about, um, about what, 40, 45 people who were radio, radio people. We didn't introduce everyone in the room, but those related to radio. 
Yeah, Great Oppenheimer had a great comeback, Patricia, after John Lurie introduced everybody. Tim minutes later, Greg came up to introduce the first show. said, I think now we can introduce the other half of the audience. <laughs> great comeback. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it was. Um, would, you, would you just give a thumbnail of what you're talking about, the event you're talking about? Every year, for years and years and years, Spurback had a weekend convention in Los Angeles near the airport. And we would do several recreations and panel discussions. Uh, and that stopped at about uh, after 2009, and, and the board decided, let's just do an honorary membership appreciation luncheon. Honorary members are those people who worked in radio, um, and they would eventually come to speak to Spurback, and we would give them honorary memberships in Spurback. And so in 2010, we did uh, a couple of panels and a luncheon. This year, we just did a luncheon and invited radio people, and they all came. Many were in the audience. Many of them actually worked and recreated radio shows. And so that's what this is all about. Next year, we're planning on doing something else similar, uh, and we'll see how that all evolves probably roughly about the same time. Very. And John can't give you a total list because it'll take way too long, but he can give you a list kind of of some of the people who were there. Uh-huh. Oh, well, and you can help me, too. I mean, we had... Uh, of course, June Foray, who was here a couple of weeks ago, was on the show. Mm -hmm. um, Van Alexander, the conductor. Uh, Ray Bream, who did local radio and national radio for many, many years here in Southern California. Uh, Dick Van Patten was there. Uh, of course, Janet Waldo did the lead in Sorry, Wrong Number and was absolutely terrific. Uh, Chuck McCann was, was funny and terrific in his own way. <laughs> he was involved in <laughs> That's good, huh? And, and you know what, Patricia? He, put a, he pulled a dirty trick on John and Larry. Uh, he was supposed to originally set a table one. He moved around the room. So John and Larry didn't know, know where quite to introduce him at. Actually, I, uh, I, I had heard somebody behind us. It might have been Jerry Williams. It said he's over at table two. <laughs> and, and so he said, and there's somebody else here. But he didn't tell us who it was. And so I said, okay, we'll eventually get there. And when I started introducing her, and it was Terry Moore. I looked over because then I knew where who he was talking about. So, yeah, Terry Moore was there, Tommy Cook, uh, Conrad Binion, George Peroni, who came up and said hello, and and oh my gosh, Bill uh, Proctor and his wife, Bill Proctor, Melinda yeah. Peterson, Marsha Hunt, Tony uh, Dow, Tony yeah. Dow, Frank Frank, Gloria McMillan, Duffy Singer, Duffy Singer, uh, Elliot Reed, Elliot Reed, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and tons more. There's probably some people oh, we're forgetting. Peggy Weber. Peggy, Peggy Weber. Weber. Yeah. Yeah. You might have done better having the list of people who couldn't come. It would have been... Well, that's true. That's true. What a lineup. And it was terrific seeing a lot of those people because I hadn't seen many of them in many, 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 many years. Yeah. And uh, plus there were a lot of people there. Now, I didn't see Stuart Wright. I know he was there. I talked to him out in the lobby. He, he, Did you? He, yeah, he he's been out here researching another chapter in the Gunsmoke saga. He spent time at two libraries this week. So, okay. Yeah. Because I meant to email him, and I didn't. For yeah. those who don't know, Stuart Wright is um, from Colorado and is one of our more prolific researchers. And if there's anybody who knows more about Gunsmoke, I'm not sure I know who that might that person might be. He has written some exhaustive articles and is tremendous. In fact, he's working on those articles to do some rewrites uh, to be put out next year. 
Well, he was doing this week. He told me he was in the Norm McDonald collection. Okay. You know. And you have people, and you have people from out of state, Patricia, that came for the luncheon too. John, John and Susie Tufteller, who were longtime friends, who used to live here and moved to Oregon many, many years ago. In fact, they would have been married 30 years. Time flies. Unbelievable. And some others uh, who, who came from out of state. Quite a few. It was very impressive. Over 200 people? Yep. Yeah. And very good. And let's we'll see what else we can... I, I guess you might as well talk about some of the recreation. What was the first thing that we saw, guys? What was the first thing that... First thing we, first thing we saw was uh, was uh, Greg Oppenheimer's uh, play Lucy that he the wrote. Story. Lucy the Young's Old Story. And it's basically about a 35-minute play detailing how uh, it came to be that, uh, that Lucille Ball and, and Desi Arnaz uh, got their television show. It's, and it's all actual material. And he just wrote a lot of dialogue uh, with the people involved. And uh, fascinating uh, show. Yeah, very good. You may have heard it at reps. It was on during Lucy's uh, 100th birthday in Jamestown, New York. It was on during Friends of Old Time Radio. And it's basically a sneak, it basically and, a sneak preview of a TV uh, screenplay that Greg's going to pitch in town. So he thought he could try to work out some of the bugs by taking through the different radio uh, recreations. So it's an interesting way to iron out all the, the hiccups in, in the mm-hmm. in a play to have it uh, off Broadway and hit Broadway and come back into Los Angeles, basically. Yeah. It, it, it was also broadcast on XM, and a lot of people heard And by the way, before we go further so that I don't forget, XM, Monday night at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on Channel 80, is going to broadcast the California Artist Radio Theater, Peggy Weber's production of Norman Corwin's 100th birthday, which was done at the Directors Guild last year in Beverly Hills. So if any of you have XM, pay attention and, and listen to that. It, it's extraordinary. For the, if anybody uh, maybe didn't get a chance to go, you'll have a chance to actually hear most of great most show. Of that. Yeah, yeah. Really a good show. Uh, the next recreation was an interesting... Re- it was actually an attempt to show people in the room what a rehearsal would be like. Well, that's not what most rehearsals are even like. (laughs) Because it was an open rehearsal, and they allowed Chuck McCann and a few others to, they gave them their head and said, what can you do with this? And it was the six-shooter, and it was wild. It was Chuck McCann at his best. He was funny. um, And the only unfortunate part about it is we were trying to stick to a schedule. We, We gave them time. But we had to be out of there by four, and that one really pushed us to make sure we could get out of there by four. But it, it was, it, and, and it, Chuck McCann was, was ad-libbing like crazy. It was fun. It was 45 minutes. Should have been 30, but, you know, those are no, things that happened. The show should have been 30. The rehearsal, yeah. you know, probably could have been 35 to 40. It would have been fine. It was actually 45. For example, for example. McCann for and Michael C. Gwynn and Herb Ellis, yeah. it was, it was it, and, and, and McGloy McMillan, it was, uh, it was wild. For example, Patricia, the first thing you heard was Jimmy Stewart riding on the horse, and Chuck McCann, it sounds like I'm riding my skateboard. You know, he was just poking fun at the sound effect people if they didn't get something correct. <laughs> uh, if somehow, somehow later in the show, he even got Ed Wynn to say a few lines, as well as 
his character for Cocoa Buffs. Yeah. And Lionel Barrymore. And, and Lionel Barrymore, forgot about that. And then then he would direct the cast. Okay, I think we're going to skip three pages here and go to page 24. Did that because he's getting all kinds of high signs from Greg and others saying, come on, we got to move this. we got to get done. So other people are saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, where are you? I'm lost. Well, we've just skipped. But he didn't tell them he'd skipped. We've just skipped three pages. <laughs> so they're kind of following along blindly, trying to figure out where they are in the script. Then they try to change in character. Then they try to cut Chuck McCann off by reading the NBC signs on him. Worked. <laughs> oh. <laughs> God, it was funny. Work. It was terrific. That didn't work. No, nothing worked. Well, I'm sorry you guys didn't have a good time. Maybe next year we'll be better. Well, then we did a brief intermission, and then uh, Sorry Wrong Number with Janet Waldo, and, to, and, and, and there's some debate as to which recreation was better, this one or the one that followed it, which was my client Curly. Uh, they were both good in their own way, but I think this one was the best with Janet Waldo. She was in the studio in 1943, the first time Agnes Moorhead actually did the show. And boy, you can hear a lot of Agnes Moorhead's mannerisms yes. in the way Janet Waldo did that show. She was terrific. And, and the sound guys did a great job, too. Sound people did a terrific yeah. job. Terry, Terry, yeah. And Terry Moore played the operator, and she Terry did a yeah, good job. Excellent. Yeah, very good. Terrific. Uh, and then the final was uh, was Michael Casey's my client Curly, and some of which was direction of Norman Corwin's my yeah. client Curly, and and I guess Norman Corwin did a little bit of updating. No, before, he didn't. He didn't. He had the script and he was talking about doing it, but actually he did not. He was too ill actually to even do any tweaking. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he did not do any tweaking. But Tommy Cook was terrific. Yep. And so were Gloria McMillan's grandsons. Yes. Fine jobs. They're they're still kids, just getting started. They did a fine job. And and uh, Ron, and uh, who am I thinking of? Ron Cocking. Was Ron Cocking? No, 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 no. Oh, Phil Proctor was the one who was doing all the accents, the the, the right. French accent right. and the. Um, I thought that was uh, the other guy. Um, I thought it was Phil Proctor. Oh, it sounded to me like it was the other guy with the deep voice. No, not Michael C. Gwynn. No. Okay. No, it was Phil Proctor, I believe. Okay. And we did have Ron Cocking do a tap dance routine in the show. That's right. And I think a lot, we, we mentioned that he tap danced, but I don't think people expected to see it. <laughs> and we finished, as I said, about eight minutes after four, and then we all had to vacate the room. Well, we had to get home because you, Wallen had the show, and, and it's, a, it's a good long trip on a Saturday because of traffic. And we got home. Wallen barely got home. <laughs> and, the, and the engineers and sound effects people had to break down all of the equipment to get out of there to get ready for a wedding. I'll tell you, you, you don't know how close you came to listening to Walden eating a hamburger on the air tonight. That's true. Came, came right down to it. But it was in and out. What's wrong with that? Wouldn't I mean, be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> we used to eat on the air, remember? Oh, during the Christmas marathons, yeah. People would bring food in or whatever. We'd have food we'd, brought in. We'd say, you know, we're awfully hungry. We're gonna, if we get a chance, we'd, we'd, we'd love to have had some pizza during the last show, but because it's Christmas Eve, they closed early. We had a lady come all the way in from the San Fernando Valley, which was clear at the other end of the area, and she brought us, was it McDonald's? I forget what it was that year, but she came in around midnight and brought us food. How and nice. we ate, and we were Mary, comfortably just... full, and we got home. And my sister-in-law was there, and she had made us food because she didn't know we hadn't eaten. So John ate three Come times on. that night. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Why well, you didn't want to disappoint your sister-in-law? That he's been a good guy. Well, you can believe that story. <laughs> well, it sounds like you had a good time, Walden and John and Larry. It, will this be the only event for Spurred Back until it happens again next year? No, they have monthly meetings. Monthly meetings every every year. They do several of them, so there will be meetings. Not in December, but they'll start again in January. And then people will be gearing up for the, convent, for the uh, luncheon, uh-huh. which will most likely be in November. What about the average walk-around type person like me? Could I show up for a meeting and enjoy? Yes. No, and I no? And you as to whether you enjoy it or not. But yes, you could show up to the meeting, and, and probably it'll be a radio-related guest, so I think you probably would enjoy it. So how do people find out about dates and times and places and stuff like that there? Well, I talked to Bob Meeker today, who, who is in charge of the Spurback website, and um, his wife passed away in August, so he hadn't oh. been devoting much time to it, but he is now. And uh, so he is going to update it more often. So if people go to Spurback, S-P-E-R-D-V-A-C dot org, um, they should see the website beginning to change a little bit in terms of monthly meetings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's an eight to it. I can't remember what the internet number is, but you can also join from that website. Take a look at monthly meetings. Uh, it is a little outdated now. He does need to update it, and he says that's going to happen pretty soon, so we'll see what happens. I didn't know that the average person coming in off the street could participate and, you know, sit in the audience and attend the meetings and have a good time. Oh, sure. They can uh, get the newsletter. They can take advantage of the Spurtback libraries as well, which are on CD and cassettes. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think they're available anymore through Open Reel, but they are on the la- other mediums that I talked about. And, uh, oh, no, no, it's, com- it, it's definitely open for any- to anybody who would like to join. I believe it is $30 for the first year, which gets you all of the catalogs, and then $15, year- $15 thereafter, which gets you the newsletter. Uh-huh. And the newsletter comes out uh, every but month except December. You don't have to be a member. You can just go to the meeting for free, and you can... Right. And if you want to go to, like, the luncheon today, just pay your meal ticket, and you're there. Children, benefits of a non-profit 5013C for the public good. Yep. And it takes care of that, too. Not bad. Not, not bad at all. Oh, I did not know that. So you two are um, doing well, yes? Yes. Good. Doing very well. Yep. <laughs> Ready to so what? What? To what's next for you guys? The, what the? Uh, what the next barbershop routine coming up? We might as well put, give that a free plug. Well, we might as well because you can tell people at that time how late you're going to be for that show. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, it's our barbershop Christmas. Actually, we're doing another show uh, for a Sweet Adeline barbershop women's chorus on December four, and I think I'm doing Candlelight with Disney on the third. And then we're going to then we're singing at Disneyland on the seventeenth, and we're doing our barbershop Christmas show on December nine and ten. Other than that, we're not doing much. So you know any songs by now? Or is that gonna just just wing it though on those days? Oh no, we'll get them learned. <laughs> We've got some new stuff we're learning. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, Patricia, if I if I told you, but I bought myself. An iPhone on the 22nd of October, so now I'm uh, 
putting stuff on there and learning how to use it, and it's a lot of fun. I don't have one. Nor do I. Well, you can't have mine. <laughs> no sharing there. I am so um, technically starved. Not starved. Deliberately have not partaken of the buffet of electronics out there. I'm about as simple as you can get. I have a cell phone. I don't know what the number is. Wow. I don't. I wrote it on the back of the phone. Um, so if I have to call AAA and they want the number, I have to read it off the back of the phone. Um, and I've got computers and voicemail. <laughs> I think that's, that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm very happy that way. Wow. Um, well, you know. Is there anybody out there? <laughs> yeah. You know, there, but there are a lot of people who feel the same way. My wife certainly does. Melinda does. Yeah. It took, you know, it's like, what do I need this for? Yeah, it took me forever to break down and get a cell phone, um, mm-hmm. and I, because I do driving at night and sometimes long distance driving, I thought you know it was really foolish to be out on the road all by myself in the middle of the night at three o'clock in the morning on desolate highways, and not have some form of communication. So that's what made me decide to get a cell phone. But that's all I use it for, just to keep it and use it in an emergency. I truly don't know what the number is. You think most guys, of the people who are interested in techie stuff, it's mostly a guy thing? Nah. You don't think so? Oh, <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't think so. so. No. I don't no, think I mean, there are a lot of guys involved in the field, but there certainly are a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love there was kind of stuff. time when that was true, but not any longer. Okay. No. Nope. Well, just another myth that's just been thrown down the drain. That's okay. Oh, well, it's another guy thing that got diluted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All gone. No more lines. Sorry, guys. So. So other than that, uh, you know, we're so just what, too so busy. So what? Oh, now, when I come on December night, what songs I'm gonna? What Christmas songs I'm gonna hear? Or is it gonna be a mix? What What am I gonna hear on December the ninth? You'll You'll hear a lot, quite a few standards, but also some some newer songs that aren't standards as well. Uh, you know, think about Christmas songs that you hear on the radio, and you'll probably hear some of them. It, just, it depends. Um, Winter Wonderland, Jingle Bells, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Uh, Silent Night. Silent Night, 12 Days of, twelve days After Christmas, which is a little different. After after There's some Christmas. new things, too. It's, yeah, some, it, it, I heard that on the radio a couple times. It's a kind of a parody on the 12 Days of Christmas. Okay. Is it cheaper than the uh, other the first 12 days? Uh, yes, it is, actually. Okay. It's not nearly as, as expensive okay. as that song turned out to be. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be fun. I think there's probably 24, 25 songs on the Christmas show, yeah. And we're doing... Two shows. Now, I think we're doing two shows for for our barbershop chapter in Brea, right? And then our quartet's going to go over and sing on another show that Saturday evening. So, what about the other event on March third and fourth? Are they going to be the same repertoire, or we're going to have a few more different songs? Oh, uh, December. They're going to be some of the same repertoire. It won't be nearly as long because we're only doing a, maybe twenty minutes on the on their show. So it'll be a small package. 
just shorten up all the song by yep. by twenty percent. Uh, well, they don't usually do it that way. <laughs> they they do fewer songs rather than twenty three songs with a minute chewed out of each one. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I really had. I mean, a couple uh, um, instrumental, a little, uh, you know, a little variety. You know, two bars here, two bars there. Yeah, some some variety. There's um, I don't know if there's any instrumentals in these at all. Nope, they're all a cappella. Ah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that'll be fun. Good. Could I change directions here for a minute? Sure. Before I forget, we have an investment club, and I would like to invite nice. both of you to join. Yep, I'm aware of that. So, yeah, we, we <laughs> Are you that. aware of that? This is the General Mills Investors Club. I don't know if John knows about that, but well, about it, um, what you talked about on the air, and Walden talked about it with me off the air, too. Walden will explain the challenges with General Mills and their archives and their personal... No, well, I think John already knows that because he was acquisitions chairman for Spurtbeck for years, so he knows okay. how, what, what they wouldn't let go of. Well, what, what happened earlier this year, I got inside General Mills and I found out they do have an archive department. I talked to them and they do have the transcriptions of Jack Armstrong and the scripts. And the history of Jack Armstrong. And I got a hold of Martin, and he would love to write a book. And Martin Grams offered them a sample contract of all the other books he's written. He offered them a royalty. He offered them um, the right to, if they didn't like anything in the book, the right to reject the book. And he got a turn down notice. So he thought, well, and this is from the legal department, he thought, I get the next step uh, is, everybody, is to write to the CEO. And I said, Martin, the publicly hold company, why don't we just go out and buy a share of the, of the company and we can say you're a stockholder. And I decided to go with the information this week. And lo, you know, the callers and Patricia Bookkeeping were all... I I decided that we could probably get some national coverage of this if instead of everyone buying one share and claiming we've got 50 stockholders, that everybody kick in a dollar and we have 50 people, and that would cover not only the cost of one share, but also the broker's fees, that, the online transaction fee, not a broker's fee, a transaction fee that you would have to pay. And in a single share, we could have 50 investors and I think that would get some national publicity that we're really interested enough in this that 50 of us invested in the company. It happened to be into one share, but <laughs> invested in the company. So I, I thought that was a pretty cool idea, and we've, we've got a growing list here. So if you two would like to become part of it when uh, one of the asked for a prospectus last week, um, Jerry in, in uh, Maryland asked for a prospectus, which I have not prepared yet. <laughs> But um, if you would like to join the list of people who are willing to kick in a dollar, I would love to add your names. Yeah, go ahead and add it. Oh, good. Uh, sure. My, my, my knowledge of corporate and the skeptic that I am <laughs> is that they won't pay attention to this. Well, I'd, love, not, I'd love to see them do that, but I, knowing what I know, it doesn't matter because it, you know. But, but that being said... It doesn't hurt to try, and it doesn't hurt to try and get some national publicity. 
It's the national publicity that I think we can garner and not to change the corporate mind, but maybe to embarrass them a little bit, but to, to get old-time radio some real visibility, and I think this will work. I truly think it'll work. So we've got two, four, six, eight, ten, ten names now, um, and we, we hope to gather ten more tonight. How about that? This is this is sort of the pre-auction type of mentality where you ask people to call in. Of course, of course. Yep. Mm-hmm. So and and make good, make a make a one dollar bid. That's all we all we're asking for. The one dollar You're guaranteed to win. Keep the mental state alive so that on November 27th you can continue to do that when we do the auction. Bingo. Yep. Bingo. Hey, why don't you um? Why don't you also set something up so that those who donate at least, they can donate whatever they want to, but maybe take a dollar out of that and contribute it to this fund and add their names? To, to the um, investor club? Yeah. No, I, I, would, I would prefer to keep it strictly keep voluntary. It yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. do this on a voluntary basis. So we'll, we'll see how many calls... We get tonight, and how many people want to join the effort? Um, all so we you're need. We're not going to get many more calls if we keep hanging on this line. <laughs> uh, we, all we need is 50 names, and we can do this, and that'll even take care of the transaction fee. Okay, we looked up General Milk is currently trading at 37 dollars. Everybody, so, 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 so Patricia, you have, have you given your email address out before? Yes, I have. Why don't you give it out again and say, if you'd like to email me your name, that way people who can't get to the phone tonight or because two idiots are on the phone now, they can't get in, they could always email you with their names and you could add them to the list that way as well. I can do that. Am I supposed to do it now? Absolutely. I've given you at least three seconds of dead air. Advantage of it. I'm giving you a hard time here. Everybody knows. It's Florida Writer at hotmail.com. Florida Writer, that's all one word, F L O R I D A, just like the state, W R I T E R, at hotmail.com. And I spell it out because one night we had somebody who thought I was a bike rider, like, <laughs> uh, and then it was Florida Writer, um, as in a motorcycle. So I spell it out. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm not a motorcycle kid. I am such a chicken. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not on the back end of a bike. You don't have to worry about that. And, Walden, do people listen to you on, do different people listen to you on different nights? Or is it the same people basically who listen Friday night? I, and I really think that I, I, I think there's definitely a different audience Monday through Thursday versus the weekend. Yeah. Right. I really think there's definitely two bags. And I think there is, um, there's some overlap, but... There is some overlap. And I think there are some... I bet you historically, because of Frank, Friday night with the highest-rated night mm-hmm. on the station. And I we think there was just... this every night. And I think people just would tune in just for Frank. Um, and so they would know what the, the little niche that carved up with Patricia and I here on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday night... How it blew me away after Michael Beale goes to bed. I have higher ratings on Sunday night after than Bill and Mike do during the day, so I don't know what that really means. Wow. But and I, talk, I talked to Kim tonight, and she thinks maybe Bill will be back on Wednesday, so 
You've got at least two or three nights. Oh, my goodness week. gracious. What's that? Goodness gracious. Well, wait, wait, Patricia and I are still on the work, work. I demand overtime. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Demand overtime. Time and a half. Time and a half. Monday and Tuesday? Good grief. Yep. I mean, that may change. And, you'll, you know, I'm sure there's a legend out Well, we, uh, if he if gets stuck in the Tijuana jail. <laughs> I, I wanted first dibs on an interview with the survivor. Of the Tijuana jail? No, of, the, of this trip. Oh, yeah, that will be interesting. Bill and Mike in a small, compact car in Mexico. Yeah. I don't know if that can really work. I want to okay. talk to the one who survived to tell the tale. Can you imagine the guard in the jail? We're going to arrest you, big techs. <laughs> All the problems you have caused us for the last week and a half. Howdy, folks. <laughs> I don't know, want to hear no more of this howdy, folks, crap. <laughs> Like you had a fabulous time today, and I'm I'm really happy that you gave us a rundown on it. Sounds yeah, we did, and it was fun. Fun seeing a lot of people we hadn't seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, since I've been home, I talked to Janet Waldo because we're going to interview her, and I talked to Ray Bream and uh, and Kim for a little while about some stuff. And uh, there's a few more people I got to call, but it's a little late now, so we'll call them tomorrow. So how was Janet? Was she happy how it all turned out? She had a great time. She had a terrific time. She didn't know we were there uh, until Lucy came to say that she'd seen us when we were introducing people. And, and I, we were in, sitting right in front of her at rehearsal. She just didn't have one to look down to see no. us because she was engrossed in what she was doing. And, you know, she is incredibly, um, what's the word I'm looking for, when she's doing a show? Um, focused. Focused, thank you. Yeah. Well, so the, I... Well, she, yeah, she didn't see us at all. You know, last year, I still think her performance in The Lost Letters of Robert E. Lee is one of the more classic performances of any audio thing I think we've ever seen in 30-plus years. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I thought that Larry Albert was terrific, and I told him, but you know what? I told, I also told him, you were excellent. You couldn't have been much better, but Janet Waldo was that much better than you. She was just, and he agreed. She was just incredible. And you know, even when she's doing a rehearsal, she is so focused. It takes her maybe a half second to get back into the character. Like today in rehearsal, something happened. Uh, I forgot what it was. It was phone interference. Oh. Huh? It was interference from the phone sound effect. Oh. It, was, it was a big crackle or, or something that, that happened over the, over the uh, PA system. And she said, what was that? Is, is, they said it was a, just an issue that they fixed. And so they went back and took the line over again, and it took her maybe two seconds to get back into the character, and not that long at all. She has she is tremendously focused, and no wonder she she has to be to have been doing what she's been doing for so long and so well. Yeah, what's really remarkable to a lot of people like me is that she is known for her ditziness in the Judy Jetson on television and Corliss mm-hmm. Archer. Um, the the really cutesy mm-hmm. type child childlike voice that mm-hmm. he does, and switching over to such a serious dramatic persona is just beyond 
for most of us. I mean, I'm, but I've never heard her in a in a dramatic performance before. And trying to close my eyes and hear her voice in that medium, I can't make it work. Well, I I actually have to hear her. I can't imagine it. What she did, Patricia last year, she started out the young sixteen-year-old yep. girl, and, and then aged herself through the performance. And boy, did she. And, and she also told, dramatic was her love. That's what she really wanted to be, was a dramatic actress. And that's what her training was. But she just, you know, her, she had to get a, a comedy timing. And that's, you know, made, made her go on radio. Sure. It's amazing. I mean, here's a lady in her 80s. Yeah. And if you were to just close your eyes and not look at her, but listen to her, you would never know. You would think that this lady was in her 20s. And to look at her as well, she does not look like she's mm-hmm. 80 years old. People have told me that. She keeps herself in really, really fine shape. Terry Moore is another example. But, uh, ter- vo- vocally. Uh, when I was listening to her today, I thought, that doesn't sound like a lady, a lady who's, you know, in her 70s or 80s. I think. Is she in her 80s? I think she is. She'll be 83 in January. 83. You would never know it to listen to her. And she looks 50, too. She kept herself. Other people we listen to today, yes, they do sound like they've aged a little mm-hmm. bit. But but those two, not at all. Not at all. So. I saw June Frey in the audience uh, in the uh, before we were in, and she was telling Patricia how much a good time she had on the show with us. Oh, that's great. And she uh, introduced me to her nephew, and she was telling him about Ron from Hawaii calling in. <laughs> so she had a good time with us. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad it sounded like she did, yeah. and I was hopeful that she might say, oh, I don't want to hang up, I'm having a good time, but she had asked for less than an hour, and we already overshot the runway, so I hope she'll come back. I'm sure she will. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Any, so we're going to let you go so that you can get to other people. Okay, guys. Okay. For the great rundown, thanks for letting us know, and especially that the average everyday type person non-member can participate and, uh, you know, show up for the meetings and have a good time with you all. Yep. That's she had anything that pertained to, to radio and... Okay. Hopefully they don't have a dividend. If not, I'm going to split that dividend stiffy ways. That's going to be very interesting. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah. Can't do that. Eight cents. I got to split it stiffy ways. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out. Okay. Thanks a bunch. Okay. Okay. All right, John Ray. Thanks. Dawson, too. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. The Gasmans. The Gasmans are there. And Patricia is here. And you can give her a call at 714 Five four five two zero oh, seven one. I'm doing remarkably well. I've been up since three in the morning. We all. And I feel great. And that's a scary thought because we gotta move the clock tonight too. Hello there, you're on the air. Yeah. Uh, first of all, of course, we need to thank Walden because he actually let John and Larry go today, <laughs> rather than doing cassettes. I don't, I don't understand this. Well, well, you know, all the cassettes that he's been having them dub off and stuff. Yeah, they, I, I have unloaded 5,000 cassettes in Larry's garage, they, asked him to dub them. He 
let John and Larry go to the Spurtivac meeting today rather than working on all this mountain of cassettes that he has got both of them doing for him. So we have to thank him for that. Got it. Um, you know, I actually, assuming that we get 50 people, we might want to keep something in reserve because there is a small possibility that the stock may actually get, may go up a little bit and be a little more expensive than we thought. That's true. You never know. Or if we might demand a stock reverse. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure the, the, uh, uh, the noise that, that one share makes demanding that could <laughs> deafen the company and really could cause a run on it. So I don't That's right. We're going to demand that the CEO gets his golden parachutes, nothing but no time radio shows. Okay. Well, well, we can't do a reverse stock split. No. That means we'd have less than one. Yeah. Well, we don't want that. All right. Uh, and we demand a stock split. Yes, we can demand a stock split. However. Yes. You're going to be there all by yourself. <laughs> Nobody's going to be with you, I'm afraid. Yeah, and Howard, and I, you know, that's another interesting thing. So do they have their meetings in Battle Creek, Michigan? Yeah. Well. The home of Pep, Superman, Pep Serial. Yeah. So, somebody's, so somebody's actually going to have to, meet, well, of course, in these days of, of. Well, we can send Ken, Ken Golf. He, he, he lives in Michigan. We'll send him over to. Be a representative. Mm -hmm. um, they they frequently do uh, telephone conferences, so we might get stuck with that. But you might use GoToMeeting or one of those other mm -hmm. things to mm -hmm. uh, to do it by phone. Mm -hmm. It would be much better for us to um, to actually be on site. I well, yeah, or at least yeah, because otherwise it, there won't be the the news value of all these people, you know, right. with their canes, wheelchairs, walkers, etc. <laughs> And, and, and now, are we going to need to learn the uh, the theme song? Are we going to need to sit there and stand up in the stockholders me meeting to sing the Jack Armstrong opening oh, theme that's, song? That's John and Larry's. That's John and Larry's venue. Oh, we'll that's right. To, They're the barbershop seniors. That we can assign them that duty. Well, we'll have to ask them if if they can if they can teach it to whoever can go. Way to fight for Hudson High, boys. Actually, they did that and. and uh, and Spurback Convention, they brought the quartet in and sang the opening and closing theme song. Well, if the end justifies the means, <laughs> maybe they could get you to, maybe they say, if you if you give us the, the rights to the transcriptions, we'll stop singing it. Perfect. Okay, I don't care how you get them. <laughs> you, you, so you sure blackmail is not a federal offense? This has international possibilities. It does. Here. It really does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It. Um. By the way, I don't consider myself in a in a cycle anymore. <laughs> there's no there's no cycle to it. It's just a daily thing now. So. Uh. Yeah. Things are things are kind of going south. Oh and I don't know what the doctor's going to say, but. Um, He's going to say eat more. Breakfast a champion, Kurt. Yeah. Wheaties. Yeah, maybe so. Well, he's a he's an Oriental doctor, so we'll see. Also, I I would be surprised if he re if he really knows about Wheaties. I might. Well, you well you need to introduce him by taking a box of Wheaties to the. Uh, Ever eaten Wheaties in my life? Have you? Yes. Do you like them? Well, it's an acquired taste. I. <laughs> Because when I was a little boy and started into the Jack Armstrong show, 
It took a while. I stuck with it. Are they flakes or? They are flakes. They're flakes. Okay. And you're it not took going a while. Our, you're not going to be our um, stock club's spokesperson. I'm. I I like them now, but it sure took me a long time. Okay. Well, you sure sure you sure need a lot of fruit and sugar sugar to get that stuff to come down. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> I think that tells me as much or more than I really wanted to know, but whatever blows your hair back, as they say in the South. Yes. Um. Well, since John and Larry had their, which by the way, it did sound. If you join Spurvac, by the way, do do you then get? Because I actually used to be. I remember years and years ago when everything was on reel to reel pretty much and yeah. and whatever. But if you join Spurdvac, do they have um, copies of old meetings and stuff that yeah. you can they, listen to? Or? Yeah, they have them all the way up to about 1995. Do they still get make so they don't make copies of these recreations and stuff anymore? It's all in there. It's gone to video. Ah. And uh, hopefully, Lori and I will get our hands on the video and turn them back into audio like they should be. Right. Yeah, but uh, but no, this, they went to the video format from oh, for the last ten years or so. But yeah, historically, I, it was all audio tapes. How uh, peculiar is that for a radio? Well, radio club going video with well, many blind members in the community. Well, but see, but see, oh. Well, but see, you also have all the sighted members in the community that want to see all of all the, and they maybe they figure if they're on DVDs that you can either extract the video or you know whatever, which is actually easy enough to do. Um, when when was the last time anybody saw the creaking door open? Well, that's true, that's true. But I think in terms of spurred back that that. You really kind of want to see the performers because, you know, because there are so few left and all that. And so, you know, in addition to, I would certainly say, yay, but in place of straight audio. I, well, I agree that they should obviously be, you know, but if the board, that's what they voted for, then, you know, they obviously thought they were doing a good thing. Well, they didn't ask us. Down went the board. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy, we're, Walden's wound up tonight. We're in a revolutionary state of mind. We're gonna, we're gonna have, we're gonna have Occupy Spurdrack. Yes. I don't know. I, that's. Uh huh. That's a little bit. We're gonna take over General Mills, take over Spurdrack, and who else on the list? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we could, um, we could do it. Orwell here. With the ten people that we have, it's gonna be a very short list because we have to spread them very thin to do that. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's. <laughs> Um, what is your your topic for the evening? Topic. I, you know, I I had I had a second one and it went by the wayside because something happened and I didn't write it down. But my first. Because Walden was Walden was waiting to call him Patricia, so he's eating his hamburger. That's why I went. Why, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Boy, you know, we've got an extra hour to do tonight because the clocks change. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Good. Yes. I don't think Walden's going to have any problem filling it up tonight. No, it sounds like he he. May have weighed like the Hudson High Boys. Told them how we stand. I said maybe they'll maybe they can get you to stop. Uh, did you tap into some Red Bull by any chance, or or? 
I am drinking my Diet Sherry Coke. Oh, okay. Uh, well, then uh-huh. not that. Extra shot of caffeine in there. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Anyway, I wound up with what was your favorite toy when you were growing up? And it could be anything, absolutely anything, from a game to your brother if you were tearing his hair out or <laughs> a doll. Actually, um, it, 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 my favorite thing growing up, not even a toy, um, my brother, my older brother, was actually on Art Linkletter, and, and which, of course, I, I know that there's not a copy of, but... He was like, I think, 10 and I was 8, and I didn't have a radio yet. And um, hopefully nobody's listening to this. <laughs> You'll see why in a second. Uh, he got a radio, and um, I didn't have one. He got a radio for being on the show? A radio for being on Art Linkletter. Wow. And a, a little portable. Yeah, it was a little portable. And, of course... If you're a blind kid and you're eight years old or whatever and there's a medium that's made to be listened to and not watched, obviously, I was I really wanted a radio. And finally, uh, I don't exactly remember what happened, but my parents said that if I said it one more time or something like that, that something would happen and I said it in regard to something else and I got my mouth washed out with pine salt. Oh, oh my God, that could have killed you. And, uh, well, I had canker sores uh, from that time up through, you know. Until last week. For a number of years, anyway. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that's why I said I hope nobody's, I'm sure they're not, though. But um, but that that was, and when I was at the blind school uh, for three years up in Berkeley, all of my extra money went for different types of radios because we would we would try to we would try to make them better we would try to to uh to tune the screws in the back to make them better and of course you would ultimately break them of course because you're 11 years old and you don't really know that much about them anyway so so actually um fittingly enough it was radios that that fascinated me from you know from forever so then when I found out about old-time radio, then, you know, it was a, obviously a very easy uh, move into that direction. And so, but I think I, like I said, I think I earned it. Uh, you earned it? My gosh. Yeah. Oh, you are, you earned a production studio. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, well, you know. Oh, my gosh. Your parents People don't, people don't know. You know, they have no idea when they're, when they're sometimes when they're doing stuff, what they're doing, or, you know, whatever. But that's a whole different discussion. They'd wind up in jail today. Yes, that, that's true. That's true. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, well, it was. And, um, I mean, but it's it's just, you know, the way things went. And, and yeah. you know, so, uh, of course, my dad was in the Marines, so. If you've ever seen, you know, the great Santini, with um, I forget it was uh, which which Robert was in there. Uh, it was very much and reading the or or reading the book was very much like, you know, the same phrases that I would hear from my father and like that. Mm. So, anyway, the radio would be the one. Yes. Ick. Definitely. Shortwave, AM, FM, whatever. 
and still is. I mean, you know. Well, of I, course it is. You're with us. Well, yeah. I actually bought the, something last year for Christmas, which I had actually expected to go into the hospital with, but uh, but since I didn't have my transplant, I didn't. So so it's still sitting here. But, you know, it's, I mean, radios are still, and, and of course, gadgets, but I don't have the money to buy any real, ga- you know, that many gadgets. So, yeah. you know. Um, I was going to ask you, um, auction-wise, did I um, give America, Cavalcade of America World War II to the auction or just a copy of it for me? Because I was trying to think of a good series to give to the auction if you're still doing that. I don't know how much, I am. how your time is looking these days. No, I'm, I'm fine. Um, I, just, I just need a keyword. Hold on. Well, let's see, Cavalcade. This commercial break is sponsored by Patricia. Indeed. <laughs> CDs, that's the file I want, and I can tell you, Kurt, um, Whistler to the auction, Suspense, and Box 13, Cavalcade of America was going to you. Why don't we give that to the auction instead? Instead? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can do that. Um, By the way, uh, Walden, I was looking at Jerry Hendigas's, um discs, and he has a number, a, a, a quite large number of best plays. Yeah. And I'm really kind of surprised because I don't see them in, you know, in many other catalogs. Oh. Another show, he, he would tell me I, I went and bought a whole more ship, uh, shipload of tr- transcriptions and things recording to his place on Thursday uh-huh. and we got talking about how radio different radio series sounded like uh-huh. and he was saying and he pointed out we were talking about the theater guild had a different sound than Lux Radio Theater it, you know Lux had sort of a deader sound Lux had sort of that little bit of an echo uh-huh. it, and he was saying another show that had that was Oscar, actually, Oscar, let me think, Oscar Robinson or Oscar something uh, presents. Hmm. And it's another play series. Huh, well, like I said, I was really kind of surprised. I was hoping to look, I, and I could, because I looked, and he didn't have any Ford Theater, because I was looking to see if he had that Abe Lincoln in Washington. Yeah, because I would love to. Because I, I thought, well, that'd be an interesting, you know, because if he has it, but like I said, I was yeah. surprised at how many, how many um, um, best plays. Could you find me the other A Blink one? I know you sent me the uh, the other one last week. Could you give me the one that you were listening to? The one, the the later one. So what, the A Blink in Illinois, right? Uh, I will. Okay, I would appreciate that if I, if I can find it. I think I know where it is. My my filing system is kind of like my head. You know, it makes no sense. Whatever. I don't have one. But well, as long as you know where it's at in your head, yeah, I will look for it. Then that's where it should be. I'll look for it, and I will. So okay, so you want a blanket in Illinois? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, you could actually do a whole day of it, which I didn't know there were that many versions of it, of a blanket in Illinois. Because you said, didn't you say last week that there were? Yep. Um, there were several. I think the Cabbie Award Theater had one with Henry Fonda. 
uh, many anniversary shows and Mr. Patton always used Abe Lincoln as a theme. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So several shows, a lot of cavalcade, a lot of different other cavalcade always on the anniversary of Abe Lincoln's birth uh, had one. One I highly recommend, uh, f- February 11, 1946, um, and Bob Bailey in it, everybody. Is, uh, it's another Abe Lincoln going to Gettysburg to give the famous address. And Bob Bailey plays a southern soldier who is blind, who still had the hate for the Union, and Abe Lincoln was trying to explain that he shouldn't have that. Well, it's yeah. an interesting it's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it is, and I and I think actually, uh, you know, a lot of people still had that, mm-hmm. and you know, um, Trisha. By the way, I'm assuming that you had not sent that out yet, right? Correct. Okay, then just to, I, like I said, I would rather I would rather give it to the auction because I think that that's I think keeping the 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 station on the air is more important than my personal enjoyment of whatever, and so I would like to see you do that. That is very cool. Thank you for doing that, Kurt. When we finish, I'll uh, fill people in on what you were just talking about in terms of giving up your treasures and putting them in the auction, uh, and it's, it's really a cool thing to do. Thank you for doing that. Well, I figured, you know, like I said, it's the least I can do because... Um, I have to say that at this point in time, uh, um, this show keeps me alive in a sense because, you know, um, I mean, I go to the doctor and stuff and I do stuff around here, but, you know, uh, kind of, you know, meeting with the family yep. and, and whatever is uh, is really important at this point. Well, it's important oh. to me and I know it's important to Walden, too. We oh. really do have a family and it's growing bigger and I just, I just love that. Does love it, Walden. You don't have sleep apnea, do you? No. <laughs> well, I was. Uh, well, I was. That was actually a serious question. No, no, I've always. Because I do. Yeah. You, you. Yeah. No, I um, I I'm very fortunate that if I need to lay down, I can. I don't mind. See, Patricia and I are created definitely one thing. Poor thing. That good. Poor thing. She does not believe in cat naps. Oh. I do. She doesn't believe in naps. It's so painful for me to get up. I'm not about to do it twice in the same day. And I can easily lay down, go out in 20 minutes, and be back up and be fresh for another 10 more hours. I have, I'm sort of like Bob Hope. Bob Hope was notorious for knowing to sleep anywhere for a short, brief period of time and be totally generalized. He was a 10-minute-at-a-time kid. Yeah, and I'm sure that way, too. Well, that's good. You know. That's good. Yeah. Um, do you have a question this week? Well, um, it's, it's got to be a little bit different again because I'm still not at home. Right. So what I'm going to do, and I know you stay with us so you can call back later. Patricia wants to know all the, uh, what are the highlights in Jacksonville, Florida? That's her trivia question. <laughs> I can call my brother now. <laughs> I, I, can, I can tell you, um... And we can talk about that, too, because I really do have some some interesting stuff. But, but um, let me finish about trivia first, and then we can talk about Jacksonville. Um, with the trivia, I have four questions. I want to put them out all at the same time, 
And as people call in, you can pick. I don't care if you go out to Google. I don't care if you check John Dunning's book. But I have four questions. I'll read them all at once, and then you can pick one and call back. How's that? Sure, that's fine. Okay, that's cool. As I say, I'm, I'm not at home, so I don't have a whole lot of reading. Right, right. Together some extra questions tonight. So we'll stick to the four. Should we just call the local reference librarian and put them to work and say, hey, we need an earth of trivia question They're for, probably closed. for the show? I, I know that uh, our library closed at 5, so they're probably closed. They closed at 6, but they're open tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe maybe I could put them to work tomorrow. There you go. Give them something to do. Yeah. Most poor people. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they are just so wonderful. No matter what floor I show up on at this point, I've got someone who knows who I am and say, oh, it's so good to see you again. We thought you went home. <laughs> yes, you're stuck with me for another day at least. <laughs> So, but it's nice. It, it really is nice, and they're wonderful. So I will, I will go ahead and give the four questions, um, and you can pick and choose and okay. duke it out with the guys who are calling behind you and gals. Yep. And that's the way I'll do it for tonight. Okay. Back to normal when I get home. That's good. I, normal is not a word I use very often. Normal. Like an S word, you know. Normal. Well. Yeah, normal. There is really no such thing. That's true. And, er, and, we, and everybody knows that. Yeah. Yeah. Just pretend okay. that there is normal. Usual. Uh, when I get back to our usual routine, that'll work. Yes. And I like that. That'll work. But for tonight, I'll read off the four questions. Uh, people can pick and choose, answer one, and you will get a radio show. When we're out of questions, we're out of questions. I can start making them up. Yeah, you probably could, too. Uh-huh. I have one for you. No. Yeah, I do. I have your Stump Walden question and your baseball question. I really did do my homework today. Should, should I come up with some Stump, who knows whatever question, too? No. No. Later. Okay. All right. Bye. Okay, Kurt, we'll talk to you later. Okay, and I will be listening for the questions. Sound good. Okay. Okay. Uh, Slammer away, guys. <laughs> talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. 714-545-2071. This is the hotline number for the Saturday Night Show with the one, the only, talented, lovely, talented Patricia. Who is? Adorable. Thank you. Yes. Uh, we have another listener. Hello there. All right, let's talk sports. All right. Can you believe it that the Black lost today? And yeah, that was a big upset. I sure was. How did Hawaii do? Well, we haven't played yet. We're going to play in at six, nine o'clock your time. And who are they playing? We're playing tonight. We're playing um, Utah State. Okay, now. The Aggies. But the Aggies. But but the best part was yeah. the game that they said was going to be the game of the century yep. or whatever. Yep. It proved to be a real terrific. Terrific defensive game. LSU won by one few goal in overtime. No kidding. Nine to six. Um, what's that? Um, Alabama missed two or three field goals. Okay. They could have won if right. they had made at least two of the. I think they missed two or three yeah, field goals. But it, there was no nobody made a touchdown. It was just um, a field defensive goals, one by, you Wow. Know, Wow. That was a great game. I mean, I mean, the defense is just unbelievable on the two sides, you know. Um, they play hard. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a really def- was a really defensive game. They said they had about 102,000 people. And Patricia was there, weren't you? Huh? Okay, and Patricia was there, too. Yeah, right. She was oh. selling popcorn. Oh, that's right. Peanuts or something. For $102,000, 102,000 people, she might be able to retire. Man, if everybody gave her a dollar, yeah. Yeah? 102,000 people. I mean, can you imagine? I, I don't know. I can't even imagine how the hundred, the, the one that's the 2,000 of the 102 could even see the game with that many people. And can you imagine when they all decide to go to the restroom all at the same time? Well, they may put up some 102,000 party places. I don't know. <laughs> um, the water plummeted for the rest it's of the It's just world. unbelievable. 102,000 people. And then I think, the last time I heard, do you know if UCLA did beat Arizona State? I haven't heard yet. They were leading. And they were, they were leading. And I, 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 fi- I didn't get the final score, but that would have been an upset also. Yeah, it would have been. Well, I see Michigan lost this morning, too. Yeah. Yeah. Did Notre Dame win? I, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't gone. Yeah, okay. I was concentrating on a, on the major games, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And that was it. That was a major game. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, anyway, I I thought we put Patricia to sleep. How are you and feeling today? Are you feeling better than today, yesterday? Today I'm feeling much better. Guess what? Tomorrow. This is what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. You're going to be listening to the Yesterday USA. No. Yeah, You're well, not going to be listening to yesterday. Wait, USA. because yes. at four, imagine this, Walden. Uh-huh. At three o'clock your time. Yes. Which is standard time, which is only now going to be two hours ahead of Hawaii time. I am going to be at a hotel. It's a benefit for cerebral palsy. Oh. $25 a ticket. And it's called Dessert Fantasy. Meaning... All the chefs from different hotels come up with their favorite recipe for dessert. And people like us who pay $25 can eat as much as we want of whatever dessert sounds good to us. And and we, we can get to judge what our favorite desserts were or are or whatever. Well, if they have a chocolate bar, I think I could send Patricia there. Yeah. So, so what I'm trying to tell you is Tomorrow is going to be fancy. Oh, man, what a... What, I hope you can be able to come home. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll have to take him home in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is your favorite dessert, Rod? If you, if you could only have one to choose, what would it be? I Sometimes, I haven't eaten this for a long time, but I really like to eat a good butterscotch pudding. Yeah, that's really? good. That's good. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. But it's seldom made nowadays. Before, when I was in boarding school, we used to eat that you know, butterscotch pudding. It's pretty good. I haven't eaten it for years. But if not, I when I go out to eat and they have a good chocolate pudding with whipped cream, mm-hmm. I'll eat that. And that's good, too. I had carrot cake for spur back on today. <gasps> what did you have? Carrot cake. Carrot cake. Yeah. Ooh. Um, and I had a chocolate malt for the dinner of tonight oh with my hair. God, no wonder you're wound up. No I'm wonder happy. Yeah, you're, 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 you're the way you are. You're on a sugar high. <laughs> <laughs>
um, better than I did. <laughs> you know, when, when I was going to a deaf and blind school, they said carrots are good for your eyes and to make us eat the stuff. And uh, and I kind of believed, so I had hoped I would eat my carrots because that's what they said. I think I'm going to sue the school. I think. Uh, nothing happened. <laughs> I'm still in the same predicament. But fortunately, I love carrots, so it wasn't too bad. But you know, <laughs> that's how they made us eat, eat the carrots at school. But they didn't tell you broccoli, did it? No, but I, no. Broccoli I, cake. I've never had broccoli cake. At least I've had carrot broccoli cake. Broccoli cake. I don't think so. You don't well, think I, so? I think false advertising and um, unsubstantiated promises. I think you've got a good lawsuit there, Ron. I agree. Now tell us about the quickly. Um, synopsis about the luncheon today. It was awesome. I got hugs from Gloria McMillan. Oh, I'm going to hang up on you. <laughs> she hugged me several times. I got hugged by several times by Jimmy the Cricket wife, Carolyn Carroll. Oh I got, uh, you know, Janet was so busy I didn't get a chance to go over see Janet. I sat with Terry Moore, the movie star, and Tommy Cook. So, I got the we talked about go, taking her up to Seattle, and Tony Dow was in the audience, and he was on stage, and Lumpy from Leave It to Beaver was on stage. Did you get Tony Dow? Did you who Tony Dow and who? Uh, Frank Bank, who is Lumpy? Oh, really? Yeah, we had both of them up on stage. Tony Dow was Wally on. Wally, right? Uh, Harry yeah. Mathers was a Beaver. Yep. And so he was on stage. We had, uh, I got to talk to Rocky the school, and she loves you, Ron. She, Rocky, June Foray. Oh, yeah? I was, we were, she, she saw me, said, hi, Ron. And she introduced me to her nephew, and she said, we talked about the radio show, and she said, I had a great time. And when Ron, and she was telling her ne- nephew, and she said, when Ron from Hawaii called, and said, you ever been to Hawaii? June got such a kick out of that. Oh, uh, definitely. Mm-hmm. So you, I tried to try to upstage you. I know. You're, you're the star. Yeah, you're the star, right? You're the star. I'm just your chauffeur. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> did, is it true? They said that um, um, Hugh Beaumont from Leave it to Beaver really didn't like children. I don't know, but, you know, he was a minister? I did not I did not know he was a minister. I think well, next time you see um, Tony Dow, yeah. ask him. See what he says. But, what, um, well, think about inviting coming up to rep. So when you make the trip out to the old time radio convention next June, Ron, you can come and sit with Beverly Washburn and well, I'll definitely not Roy McMillan. And, yeah, if I'm going to sit with anybody, it's not you. I'm going to. I know. Why waste you? Why waste time on me for crying out loud? <laughs> um, when you have good looking fe- there, females uh, around. There was a subject. Um, question. Um. um is Jerry Mathers still alive, or because? Yes, he is. He still is. Yeah. Sure, he's still with us. Yep. Because you don't hear about him coming to. We hear about Tony Dow. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Mathers will only attend if it's relating to juvenile diabetes, a fundraising, because he has type one diabetes. He spent a lot of time doing fundraising for for kids. And so he, he wants to make sure any non-profit make a major donation to that. So that's about the only time you get to see uh, 
Joey Mathers. How's he doing now? Last time I heard he was doing pretty good. Martin Graham was trying to get a cast reunion of all the Beavers cast together, but you know, everybody's schedule was tough, so he couldn't pull that off. Uh. Um, I should see if I can try to track down the Beaver and maybe we can get him on the show. Yeah. That'd be fun. Oh, um, all right, so I'll... I'll be uh, away for a while, but I'll be back. When are you guys going to switch your clocks to 2 o'clock? Well, so, so, Patricia's clock will change at 8 o'clock my time. Correct. So, do we need to change it twice in the show? <laughs> well, it'll, it'll change gradually across the country, so, yes. Except Hawaii. Yes, it, that's right. You'll still be on... Savings time when I switch over. I don't want to. I don't know what to call our time, but we don't change. We don't move. So when do we? You in Arizona are the only two smart states in the whole. We in Arizona, yeah. Yeah. So we start this thing at two o'clock in the morning or three. Do we start what? Changing our clock. Your clock will change automatically on your computer. I don't know about the rest. Oh, at at two. It changes at 2 o'clock. At 2 o'clock, yeah. So, starting at 2 o'clock, we'll be start changing clocks around around the Yesterday USA. Right. Yeah. Well, get, it's just going to stay 2 o'clock for an extra hour. <laughs> anyway, I, I will be listening to for a little while, and I'll um, maybe call you guys after a while. But yeah, because you're going to listen to the football game next. That's right. If I don't talk to you, I'll, I'll talk to can you guys. You sing, can you sing the Why Fight song? I can't even sing my my own fight song. <laughs> I don't sing. I told you when when I sing, it's like a course in music depreciation. So I don't sing. That's why you play the piano because you didn't want to sing. That's why you play the piano. There you go. Hey, by the way, um, um, Patricia, are you gonna go home on Tuesday? Probably Tuesday. Yeah. How far you said you live from your house from the hotel? Well. 350 miles. Oh, my gosh. Well, good I luck. Hope she, I hope she doesn't get lost. <laughs> Are you going to be on the whole week next week or just Monday? Well, according to Larry Gaffman talked to Kim tonight, and I guess Bill coming back into town Wednesday, so who knows? We might be on at least Monday and Tuesday, and who knows right. the rest of the week. It depending if we if Bill and I we start renegotiating re- re- a contract. Yeah, we have to renegotiate, and then see if we can upper pay. You know. I think she'll. I think Bill wants money from us if we keep running the station the way we do. There you go. Yeah. Hey, well, you guys have a good night, and we'll be listening. All right. Here we guys. Okay. Sounds good, Ron. Uh, he ran. He ran away. I said aloha. I, oh. Left. Aloha. Aloha. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. Hey, the phone's ringing. I don't know why, but it rings. Hello there, you on there? Good evening. Fred, how are you doing? Well, Fred, how in the world are you? I'm great. Is it nice and warm in the eighty degrees up there? Uh, not quite. Not, not quite. quite. Oh, jeez. It's very cold. How cold is cold? Well, it's not really cold. It's probably. That was probably 45. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And guess what I'm going to do tomorrow? 
What? I'm going to be sitting outside in it all day long. Why? I'm going to my first professional football game. Oh. Yeah. I thought we raised you better than <laughs> <laughs> So you're going to sit on some ice patch, some igloo, where? Is Foxborough? Where are you going? Uh, Foxborough. So you're going to see the Giants play? The Patriots. The yeah. Patriots. And we was here about 6 o'clock in the morning because i got to be down there for an 11.30 pump pass and kick competition. Are you going to enter it? Are you going to enter that? I am one of the helpers, which is why I got the ticket. Yeah. Ah. I did the state competition this year. Okay. As well as the local. I've done the local for years. And this year the, the person did the state backed out and the coordinator called me and said, you're in the center of the state, you want to do it? So we did it, and part of the deal is we get two tickets to this game. And we get to help out on the field with the competition. Now, how do they judge it? Do they judge by total distance? How do they determine? Yeah, yeah well, it's distance minus, uh, there's a center line. Okay, so you punt the ball, mm-hmm. for example, and you put, same thing on the pass and the kick. You punt it, or kick it, or pass it, whatever you do. The spotter runs to where it lands. Then they take a piece of string. They they march out to the center line to line up where your your thing landed. They run the string from the center line to where you landed, and then basically bring that back that string back towards zero. So they're taking off how far off you are. Hmm. If you follow what I'm saying. Okay, I think I do. So it's basically how far you punt minus how far you are off the center line. Mm-hmm. And that's your score. And then they pass and they kick, and the total accumulated, you know, high score wins. So what's more important, accuracy, do you think, than uh, anything else? Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's, accuracy is a lot more important than distance. Okay. But they, but they both count. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And LSU, uh, or uh, UCLA did beat Arizona State. Arizona 29-28. Patricia, did you ever know we were going to have sports highlight scoreboard <laughs> throughout the, over the last several weeks? It's just amazing. It's football season. Come on. That was American's apple pie. Anyway. Well, yeah, that's where I'm going tomorrow. I'm excited. So, are you, have, you, uh, have you ever been to an NFL game before? No. No. Have you been to a college game before? No. Well, you know, I take that back. I, I go to Division three games around here all the time. Okay. I've never gone to a big-time college game. So. So, should be interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking, I'm so, happy. We get at 6 o'clock in the morning, but. Yeah, so, what, the game kicks off at 1? No, it's 4.15. So, you're not getting home until Monday. Yeah, it's going to be all day. We'll be getting home probably, I'm guessing, around midnight, 1 o'clock, probably be back. Yeah. Well, next week when you call and you tell us you are just starting to thaw out, Walt will give you... I wouldn't do this for hardly anything. A professional football game, I've got it. It's on my list, so i got to (laughs) go. I'm sorry, you will... Walden will give you all the sympathy you need. (laughs) No. No from me. Absolutely none from this side of the phone. No way. No way. You people are crazy. Six o'clock in the morning, go out in 25-degree weather. Yeah. 
outside at 11.30 to watch this thing get kicked all over a, a, a patch of grass. Yeah, a bunch of men hitting each other. Yeah, you got it. You watch a bunch of guys stand on a line, and they all fall down at the same time, and then they get back up and do it all over again. Yeah. You guys are nuts. <laughs> I can't wait. You think that's amusing? <laughs> the way you describe it so sounds like a bunch of idiots. Well, I rest my case. That's kind of how I feel about skiing. Yeah, well, see, you know, I mean, this, this is just unreal. You know, they... <laughs> They put these yeah. hard things on their heads so they can crash into each other and not hurt their heads, but they break everything else while they're out there. And I don't know. It's a contest. What am I going to do with the two of you? <laughs> and Ron. We'll put Ron in there as well. You know, I, I think it's something in the, in the, the man instinct. It's the battle. Right. I, I think it's the blood and guts on the battlefield. I think that's what calls us for... I don't think it's that you guys got something extra. I think you're missing something. What are we missing? Well, I see we get, genetically we... missing. You've got a vacancy in the genetic... No, 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 no. <laughs> what are we, we missing we, we here? Just... We, we, got, we, got, we got grass, we got ice to sit on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it sounds like we a more freak. readily admit our human... Our human, uh, and we get to eat out in the parking lot? That's right. I get to eat for free. Hey! Food! Food free. Food in the parking lot. I got a meal ticket. I can eat the whole game for nothing. You can't beat that, Patricia. That's right. I certainly cannot. <laughs> That's for sure. Did but, I'm looking forward to it. We'll see. It should be fun. Or different. I just um, don't get it. No, but see, I've never gone to a professional football game, and I've always agreed with you, and I wouldn't pay to do this. You wouldn't pay. You, you, you would go because you're free. That's right. It's free, though, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to at least go this year, and the next year we'll see what happens. But I, To be honest with you, I look at the prices that people pay to go to the thing. It's just amazing. Oh, I know. It's just amazing. Three, four hundred dollars a ticket. I know. I wouldn't do it. I think Patricia could... Feed a whole family for a whole month on three or four hundred dollars. Oh, there she's right. You know, pay five hundred dollars to sit in the freezing weather all day long when you can watch it better on TV. That's little crazy. Yeah, especially when it, especially when, when you see the thing in, the, in December in, in Foxborough where they take the snow machine and they trying to dig a hole for the field goal kicker to kick yep. the ball. Yep. <laughs> and 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 the, and the stand is buried in snow and people are willing to sit in that stuff. Yeah. What do you think, Patricia? I I. I want you to explain to me the common sense that's involved in this. Uh, they just like to have a good time? The uncommon sense would probably be a better... They like to have a good time in the snow? A good time in the snow. We don't have any snow yet. The snow and the ice and the weather is so cold that when you sit on a bench long enough, you're actually going to stick. It's like lick... Oh, by game time, it'll be 40 degrees. That ain't cold. Of course not. <laughs> Patricia Hall bundled up at 69 degrees in, in Jacksonville, Florida tonight, and she thinks you're nuts at 40. 
God, 69. That's that's like late spring weather. What do you think, Patricia? It's 58 degrees right now. She's feeding her money off. The highest it got today was 63, and the wind was blowing, and I was... The highest it got was 63. I was the only one out without a coat. It's 58 right now at 12 o'clock at night. You don't have any sympathy for me. Not asking for any. I'm 58. I'd have my windows open if it was 58 degrees. <laughs> and I suppose you'd have somebody throwing a football through it. <laughs> so I might just do that, but... I'd at least air my house out a little bit. Guys are incredible. You just, just, you know? But I'm looking forward to it, though. Should be fun. Gonna be on the field with the players around noon. That's gonna be exciting. Oh, wow. Wow. Be on the field with the players. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, hooray. (laughs) (laughs) Yippee, I O K A. <laughs> Hooray! Hee haw! Uh, anyway. Long little doggy. <laughs> and stuff like that there. <laughs> yeah, sure be a good time. I, I just, I really thought I raised you guys better than this. <laughs> you were wrecked by the time we got here. Well, just think, you know, if Patricia had a season ticket, she could definitely take people to these games. It would be perfect for her yeah. writing class. Oh, she go what? She'd be hooked. Yeah. Be hooked. If yeah. Trisha had uh, hooked on what? Yeah. I, w- I went to one football game in my entire little life. One. <laughs> and you yeah. know how many it was too much? Was it a real one or was it a high school one? It was a real one. It was the Dolphins and somebody else. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, warm down there. What do you got to complain about? Jets. It must have been the Jets because it was in New York and I was sitting uh, two and a half feet from the Angels on a block of ice. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it was not fun. You've done this then, Patricia. One time. One time. You've done it. I can't believe it. You sat well, in the ice. Well, you see, I have several people who... I've never got. I'll bet you don't get to sit on a block of ice. <laughs> I hope you're right. <laughs> and you don't well, have... I'm going to be in the ADA section right in my wheelchair. I'm bringing my wheelchair with me. Good thing. I mean, really, good thing. To yeah. Uh, they won't even eat that section. You're going to bring gloves or wool mittens and a hat, or how are you going to get warm? How are you going to stay warm? Well, I got my long johns. Okay. Uh, I think the concourse is heated. Well, this is good. Are, are you going to wear anything more than long johns and a hat? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to wear regular clothes over it. Yeah. This is getting pretty rough, you know. I thought I'd wear a sweater, you know, and a winter jacket. Ray. It'll be good. Yeehaw. It's all good. Zippity doo dah. <laughs> the game starts at 4:15. That's what starts to get cold. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> It'll be over after sunset, so it should be pretty nippy by then too. Ah, 
I was talk I was talking to Bill tonight, Bill Bragg earlier tonight. He says he's gonna revamp the schedule. Yeah. Walden's gonna go solo and Patricia's gonna have her sports talk show on. Sport talk with Patricia. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Very good. <laughs> We're gonna have synchronized swimming. Boy, I, I remember my aunt my uncle used to live in Kissimmee and they always used to say you know, when the temperature got, I don't know if it was Demers, it sounds like it's all of Florida since it's you too, Patricia. Not, no, nothing, I'm not, you know, but judging. But they seem to, certain temperature gets below, everybody starts to... Whimper? Yeah, I'd say that word, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it's, like it's, oh, it's 60 degrees. It's a two-blank at night. Well, if it's 60 degrees, it's a woolly jammies and a two-blank at night and maybe the heat on. Well, they must, then they must sleep like that with the air conditioner on in the house, then. Not me. I never <laughs> used the air conditioner. No, I was, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not, trust me, I'm not putting I'm, you down or I'm not making fun of you, but just, my aunt and uncle used to say that, like, oh, it's 60 to 65 and it's a two-blanket night. I said, what? Yeah, it, and it really is. We're so accustomed to the warm weather that yeah. 65 arrives, it's usually a north wind, and it, the temperature is 65, but it's, it bites. You know, it's, it's yeah. one of those bites. Um, and for you, it wouldn't even be a nibble. For me, it's a lion. <laughs> sure of sure, all Florida, too, yeah, and like Arizona probably, too. Mm, I would so you used to have 80-plus degrees, and it gets like, <laughs> Yeah, but you know, Arizona gets some really cold times in the winter as well. I didn't know that, but um, it does. Yeah, but Arizona also gets over 100, and they say, oh, it's a dry heat. Okay. Yeah, right. Right. Most is, I don't care if it's, if it's in humidity or not humidity. It's 100's toasted. too hot. <laughs> you're toasted, you're toasted. So. This weather, well, it's supposed to be, well, this weather's up, and of course, last Saturday we had the snowstorm here. Uh-huh. That's, that's all gone. Today it was 50s, but it was like a brisk wind. And tomorrow through Wednesday, at least, supposed to be about 60 to 65. <laughs> and then, then it's supposed, I think, rain. Then it's probably going to get cooler again. Mother Nature is having anxiety attacks again. And wonder if everybody's getting sick. And... Mm. Awful. Hey. Awful stuff. And you do. I think, I think you're, um, forgive me for saying this, but with this kind of an entry, it sounds like you're going to have a, a screwy winter again. They said, that's all I heard. I heard, I think I heard on the news that from the, what is that, Weather Almanac or whatever? Mm-hmm. They said the Northeast, I guess it's here, <laughs> all the Northeast is supposed to have more snow than we did last year. Wow. That's what they say, you know, but look, well, look at last week. We had that major, not major, but, you know, we had that wacky storm nor'easter snowstorm and that was a pretty significant snowfall up there oh they well they messed in all it took it off guard here because they said well they were right they said it was going to snow but they said the snow it would rain and it would turn over to snow by late afternoon it started to snow around noontime here because the cold air came in too quick yeah and i'm still just uh, luckily I, I what the heck i think it's mostly down the Jersey Shore, that area, it's, and uh-huh. parts of New York, and that, and I think Massachusetts, half of them are still without electric. Wow. Yeah, so it's like, that's what I heard on the news. Wow. I, I did not realize that there were still um, 
helms that had no power. Oh, gosh. I think, I think I'm right in frame. Parts of Massachusetts got two feet yep. of snow. <laughs> it was a lot. It was. Yeah. I saw some of the charts. And, of course, people are complaining about, ah, oh, the electric should be on and this. But they, they don't, I guess people don't realize it takes time, you know? <laughs> Well, it's, it's hard to accept that it takes time when your nose is frozen solid. Oh, yeah. The rest of you is catching up pretty quickly. I was thinking the same thing when I, I was, I was, well, this town, our town was without electric six days. That's right. And that was the longest week I ever had. <laughs> I think everybody had. Agree. I agree. So. No TV, no computer. Didn't know what was going on with sports. I couldn't call in and hear Walden with the, all the scores and all that. So. <laughs> all night long, you guys are doing this to me. <laughs> See, and you're laughing at me. I tell you, I'm cold, and you laugh at me. I say S-words, I'm getting hives, and you laugh at me. Where's Walden? Well, guess Walden went to ESPN to get updates. I am your comic relief here. <laughs> you are, yes. Yes, I am. Okay, well, I'm going to, when, when we finish talking, I'm going to ask four questions. I'm just going to throw them out. You can grab anything you want and call back, but everybody gets the same shot at the same four questions, so you got to listen and get ready with Google, okay? I don't Google. You don't? Well, I do, but uh, my computer's <laughs> off. I don't, I'm not even on it. No, I, I, any time you ask me a question, I don't, I don't check it on the internet. I, hopefully, I know, or I just, you know. Well, this time you're going to know. Give, what, or say, give me an easy one. <laughs> right. This time, everyone is going to know what the questions are ahead of time. See, normally you don't know ahead of time, so you're going to know ahead of time. I've got four questions. I'm going to read them off. And then it's every man for himself out there. I'll just throw out sports questions. We'll all know that. Is this the party to whom I am speaking? <laughs> Charles. And Fred, Fred, Fred was right in the way he got. He's, you know, you said, what, those men, the football players, they run, they get up, fall down, get up again. I would do that for over a million dollars. I don't, I don't know. And what gets me, I, of course, I watch football and that, and, and it's get, like New England, of course, it could be 30 degrees or colder, Green Bay, too. The football players are out there with t just a T-shirt, the jersey on it, a short sleeve. I know. I know. All right, so now we've got two challenges here. The first challenge is what kind of person would stand up and fall down, stand up and fall down, stand up and fall down for, for hours for in the... million dollars or more, I would. <laughs> freezing cold. Well, this is coming... I'm coming up to part two of the question here. Part two of this puzzle is the person who pays a million dollars to have somebody stand up and fall down, stand up and fall down, stand up and fall down. So we've got two puzzles here. Somebody is willing to stand up and fall down, and there's another person who's willing to pay a million dollars to watch this person stand up and fall down. What's wrong with this picture, Charles? Crazy people, I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I wouldn't go watch. That's like, just like Fred. I don't like, I, the only time I went to a sporting event, baseball, whatever, is like bus trips, but I wouldn't, 
traffic to get there, the food is, well, the food I'm sure is good and all that, but it's so darn pricey. Well, you can have my oh. tickets. When somebody gives me tickets, I'll just send them to you and Walden. <laughs> me, Wal me, Walden, and uh, Ron, and Fred, and... and... Yeah, well, I guess, I guess I have to get a lot then, huh? <coughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll have to figure out how to be how to be really good for whoever is going to. Well, Walden's back. He must have went to dinner break again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, He's just kind of taking one of his Bob Hopes over there. There you go. Yeah. I figured. I figured the New, the New Jersey kids are taking over. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, Charles. Um, I will read off the four questions. You will have a chance to call in and win. A frozen popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> I have enough of them. <laughs> you have enough popsicles? Maybe maybe just a couple oranges for orange juice, maybe. That'd be good. Yeah, I, I could do that. Gosh, you know, when I, when I was picking the Fibber Show tonight, Walden, I pondered the show where he had the longest icicle. Uh-huh. And, and he thought he was going to win a bet with Doc Gamble, and I bypassed that one for another one. I should have taken the icicle. I'll save the icicle for next week, Charles. Yeah, there might be icicles on them oranges down there, 58 degrees. Oof. Hey. <laughs> hey, you're talking to a sensitive little rabbit here now. Walden, he's picking on me. I know. I know. It's just amazing. Okay, Charles, go forth, behave yourself. Did, did you mail the CDs yet? Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> I'm in Jacksonville. I'm 350 miles from home. Ay, ay, ay. Ask, ask me if the CDs are in the envelopes ready to be thrown in the post office. Go ahead, ask me. Oh, I know they are, because you said that on the air. They said they're, they're on your table ready to go. Yes, they're on my table ready to go. The only one that's not there is yours. Ah, I'm only kidding. I'm only in a special corner. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Honest, I, it's it's a joke, Charles. It's a joke. Are I you there? So. I hope uh, Okay. <laughs> I asked you to send one to the auction too, so. Yes, I've got a collection to go to the auction as well. Good, 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 good. Okay, go forth. I'll ask the questions and get your dialing finger ready. Okay. All right. Thanks for calling. You have a good night and stay warm, huh? I am. All right. You too. You stay warm, too. Thank you, sir. You sound very confident. Yeah, I am. 714-545-2071. Give us a ring, ding, ding. Okay, so we've got a theme and four questions and then a whole bunch of stuff. Can we do the theme? You bet. All right, the theme is your favorite toy. When you were a kid, did you have a favorite toy, and it didn't even have to be yours? <laughs> Mine were stuffed animals. You loved stuffed We had 80, and we would play games around the house, my brother and I. Football games, baseball games, and we would redecorate all the different rooms of the house through different football, baseball venues, and play games with the stuffed animals. We're back to S-words here, you yes, know. Yes, and I still have them. You still have your animals? Yeah, in fact, I even recorded some of the sporting events my brother and I had as little kids, and I still have the tapes. No wonder your mom is a wreck. She can't wait till we get those on CDs. We'll be, we'll be distributing that to Patricia and all the family members, the sporting uh -huh. events. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, your mom must be beside herself with that. Phew. When, when you start living vertically, you know you've got a problem. When you have to go to bed standing up, there's a space issue that has space. to be stressed. Space. And I still have those stuffed animals in the, in the, in the story shed. In the in the shed, those poor little critters yep. are in the shed. They're all they're all they're all little tucked away in a nice little bundle, ready to come out and play. What was your favorite one? Snoopy, plastic Snoopy. He was the captain, you know, the one that wore the hat, like the uh -huh. baron, and he was my uh, catcher. He he missed the leg, but he was a great he was a great <laughs> he was a great catcher. <laughs> he was a three-pawed catcher. Yeah. yeah. Had a rubber head, plastic bottom, and he could swing the bat with the best of them and be oh. a great catcher. Oh, you are a piece of work. Okay, folks, give us a call with your favorite toy, and here are the four trivia questions finally. What is the complete name of the show, Nick Carter? The whole name, the correct name of the show. Second, who was the character named First Mate Red Gallagher? First mate, Red Gallagher. Who was he? Number three, who was the space cadet? And number four, who was Floyd Munson? I, Good question. I saw why the space cadet today at the Spurvac luncheon. You saw a space cadet? Yep. I'm, I'm not going to touch that one with a four. No, one of the three space cadets came over to say hi. Who, who was it? Jim Merwin. Oh, right. The one that played Roger Manning. How cool. Yeah. Cool. He and Astro are still with us. Astro lives in, uh, in New York and Jan lives out here. Very neat. Yeah. Okay, so we've, we've got a club going here. We have to talk about the club and then we have to talk about the auction. All right. All right. We have got the General Mills Investors Club. That's us. We are kicking in, if you're willing to kick in a dollar when the time comes, if you're willing to kick in a dollar to put toward the purchase of a single General Mills share. We are taking over General Mills. We're going to take over the world. Mm -hmm. Oh, I guess we have to start with General Mills, though. Oh, we're going to start small. Yeah, yeah, we'll start with General Mills. General Mills is holding captive the transcriptions of Armstrong, the all-American boy, and will not allow Martin Grahams to look at them, to have access to them, to listen to anything. He wants to write a book. Martin is probably the most prolific old-time radio writer that has ever been born. He's got more credits to put in front of these people, which he has done, and to prove to them that he is indeed a legitimate writer and this is his field of expertise. And they have just refused. So we decided that if we have a gang of stockholders who start protesting, maybe somebody would listen. But if we all bought a single share, the whole world would listen, and we're going to get on the national news with this. So if you're willing to kick in a dollar when the time comes to help us buy one share of General Mills stock, please give us a call, 714-545-2071. I forgot to ask Fred, and I forgot to ask Don when he called in two weeks ago. Um, I probably forgot a couple of others as well. Um, 
Ron is on the list, Jerry's on the list, Charles, um, Dick Dyer, John and Larry Gassman, um, John from Maryland, Walden and Patricia, Kurt out in California. <sighs> See, we got all of these people. Ralph, where are you? We need your dollar. <laughs> And we need Ralph as well. 714-545-2071. So we've got four questions. We've got a theme, your favorite toy when you were a kid. An investor's club. I've got useless but fun information. We've got a Stump Walden question, a baseball question for him, a history question for him, a brain teaser for Walden. I've got 1953 information, and why don't I just shut up and give you some? Is Walden still there? I am all ears. Oh, no, you're not. You're falling asleep. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. Well, you want to know what ow. November is? Tell me. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Tell you, tell you. Okay. November is National Aviation History Month. Oh, right. I think that's right up your, your little alley. Uh-huh. You're an, you're an avid history fan, you, number one, I, and aviation history. I know something about. You do. I have an uncle who was a flyer, who his birthday next week on the 14th. Happy birthday, Uncle Jim. So aviation history is... Aviation. In fact, one of the things we're giving him for his birthday, before he get me to see the, at the time... When Paul Harvey mentioned him taking over the commandership in Japan, he's never heard that news broadcast. So I'm going to send that to him, and plus, for Terry and the Pirate shows. Oh, gosh, he's going to love all of them. Oh, yeah. He is going to love all of them. Okay, it's International Drum Month. D-R-U-M. Gene Krupa type. International Drum Month. Go figure. I have no idea. I don't know where any of these things come from. Um, National Epilepsy Month is a good thing for people to keep in mind. National Model Railroad Month. Bill will love this one. Our Bill Bragg is an avid um, model. That's the word. Model. Okay. There are two words, and, and model is not the right one. Um Whoever is a collector of little trains out there, give us a call. One is, one is model and one is replica. I can't recall what the second phrase is, but he's got the larger of the two. Oh, uh, I think they don't they call them gauge. Um, well, that gauge is the way they measure. Yeah, I, but I think they call them gauges or what the different levels to tell them what what they're collecting. That's true, but there's uh, there are two distinct categories, and one of them is model, and they're the smaller gauge ones, mm -hmm. and then the larger has a name as well, and I don't know what, I can't recall what the name is, but that's the group he collects. So it is National Model Railroad Month, and that, that's pretty cool. It's also National Novel Writing Month. Anyone who is familiar with National Novel Writing Month knows that it goes by the acronym NaNoWriMo. That's it. National Novel Nano Writing Month RIMO. So it's Nano RIMO, and the object of Nano RIMO is that from midnight, kicking off the month of November at midnight, November 1st, through 11:59 p.m. on the 30th, 
people must write a book, start to finish, minimum 50,000 words. Do they have to have a, a, a rhinoceros as part of the story, too? A big part? A rhinoceros? Yes. Help me with this one. Or Nano Mamo, or whatever you, the abbreviation, acronym you gave. Yeah. Sounds very close to a rhinoceros to me. Well, okay. So I just want to know, do I have to have a rhinoceros in the story? Well, if you want to do that, that's okay. You can have a rhino. It's Nano. Nano, like Nana. Nano. Rhino. Speaking Indian to me. <laughs> it is. And you write it out that way. N-A-N-O-W-R-I-M-O. Nano Rimo. Um, so, well, that's neither here nor there. I'm the only one <laughs> who's happy and interested with that. Okay, Native American Heritage Month. This is good. Um, here you go, Walden. This one is for you. Rum -pa -pa -pum -pa -pum. Peanut Butter Lovers Month. Peanut Butter! Peanut butter! Whoa, peanut butter! Oh, peanut butter! Boy, we, we need to put you to bed. I had peanut butter for, for breakfast this morning. For breakfast? Yep. Well, you know, peanut butter is a very good food. It's super. Delicious. Huh. Very good. Well, you had more than more than a spoon. You put it on something? I put the spoon in the peanut butter jar, lift it up, put it, flop it on a side of bread, and there was my peanut butter sandwich. On bread. Okay, you could do that. Yeah. It is also Real Jewelry Month, which means you don't wear the junk. You have to wear the real stuff. Assuming you have the real stuff, and if not, you don't put anything on at all, I guess. Um, and any jewelry. You've got to have clothes on, but no, no jewelry. Okay, and it's National Sleep Comfort Month. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Okay. And the, the fifth, mm -hmm. I both. I'm all yours. Uh, all right, Guy Fawkes Day. I don't, I don't know, and I looked that up one time too. I don't remember who Guy Fawkes was. Does anybody know who Guy Fawkes was and why we have? Well, he yeah. was the brother of Fred. Okay. <laughs> you know, this is this is pretty rough. Walt. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay, don't go away. No, I'm gonna have to click on that later. I'll click on that later. Okay, so we've got Book Lovers Day on the fifth. And it is National Gunpowder Day. Now, how do you get a gunpowder day? Uh, keep the powder dry. All right. Now, I guess the question becomes, why do we have a gunpowder day? Uh, for book lovers to read books. Well, then we have to put you to bed. <laughs> you you got to go to bed. We've got national... <laughs> oh, this is, here we go. National with uh, Marooned Without a Compass Day. Mm -hmm. That's a new one. I think somebody who did this list had a few first, you know? Uh-huh. However, we get to the seventh, and we've got Bittersweet Chocolate with Almonds Day. Now, this is good stuff. We did good here. Very good. Okay. And then on the eighth, we have Dunce Day. Dunce uh -huh. like in Dopey. And Young Readers Day. And then later on in the week, Chaos Never Dies Day. This is true. Forget-Me-Not Day, U.S. Marine Corps Day on the 10th, and Veterans Day, of course, on the 11th. So that's, a, that's an eclectic collection for sure. Indeed. Yes? Are you there? 
I'm all ears. Yeah, you keep saying that. I, I keep thinking I lost you. <laughs> you just kind of faded off into the distance here. Yeah, it's getting colder and colder and colder. Is it getting cold out there? Ah, it's getting cold. How cold? Oh, probably somewhere in the 50s, I would think. Yeah, but you know, let Charles laugh at us. I know. That's cold. I know. That's really cold. Okay, November 5th. I've only got stuff for November 5th. Well, that's today. I've already run out of November 5th, but you've still got some left. I so do. Okay, here, here is an appropriate combination. In 1935, on November 5th, 1935, mm-hmm. Parker Brothers began marketing the board game Monopoly. Monopoly, right, 1939, mm-hmm. uh, 35, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. November 5th, 1935, the game of Monopoly made what? its introduction. What? And what? on November 5th, 1999, a federal judge declared Microsoft a monopoly. That seemed to go hand in hand. Yeah, and they're both on the, on November 5th. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Make good sense to me. You think that's cool? I think that's a great way to correlate both sh- yeah. properties. Yeah, the Christmas Monopoly and Microsoft Monopoly. Mm-hmm. Good thinking. Mm-hmm. Okay, George Foreman in 1994. What did George Foreman do? Uh, he won the heavyweight championship, at the oldest heavyweight champion in, in the world. You got it at 45, and it was a knockout. Yeah, I heard some... Won by a knockout. I heard some sad news today that the other famous boxer of that generation is in very, very grave uh, illness of cancer, a very short Fraser. Really? Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. And, of course, Muhammad Ali is... Right. Very poor health. Yeah. Oh, you just cannot go around beating your brains out and not suffer some consequences here. Yeah. Okay, who did he, who did he knock out? Uh, let me think. I think it was Leon Stinks. Nope. Was it? Oh. <sighs> it's there. It's there if I can reach, reach for it. Because I remember watching to the boxing thing on the radio. Um. Who is it? I know I know the name when, I, you, when you read it. Michael Moore. Michael Moore. Yep. Yep. I remember that. Very strange name. Yep. Tenth, tenth round knockout. So that would that would have been a fifteen round fight. No, they the last few years they shrinked those down to twelve. Okay. And we don't longer have fifteen rounds because they're afraid of uh, brain damage. I'm I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah. I mean, you can get brain damage in the first round. Yeah. But um, paring them down is is a very nice thing for them to do. Um, this is this is really getting a little antsy here because I am voluntarily talking. <laughs> see what you guys. Patricia, I guess you've been brainwashed. What can I say? Oh, see what you guys are doing. Oh, I know. Now here's here's something that's really scary, really really scary. Art Garfunkel, uh-huh. 50 of of um, Simon and Garfunkel. Yep. Was 70 years old today. 1941. Wow. 70 years. Wow. I mean, when you hear their records, they just still sound like little kids. It's uh-huh. another, another case of always seeing movies and always seeing um, publicity mm-hmm. pictures and 
scenes, and they stay the same. They're the same age. I mean, right. I watch Leave It to Beaver, and Tony Dow is Wally right. more. Right. If I met him at Spurvac today, mm-hmm. it, I would have just been taken out at the pins, you know? Yeah. yeah. And this is another one, Art Garfunkel, I yeah. cannot imagine, at 70 years old, because I remember seeing movies, and I've got some videos that I play along with their CDs, and the two of them are singing. <laughs> Excuse me, and they're forever kids. They're, well, they're not kids, but, you know, they'll be forever young people, and then to see his name turn up as age 70, I don't know what happened to the last 40 years, you know? Yeah. Or his last 40 yeah. years, anyway. I'll bet he doesn't either. It's just yeah. amazing how quickly time goes. <sighs> Awful stuff. Awful stuff. Okay, so what would you like to do next? I sent you an awful movie or an awful show. And mm-hmm. um, we've got, let me go through the four questions again. Where is everybody? They're cold. They've all gone to bed. They're, they're all huddled under their blanket. I know. My blanket and me. Yeah. Okay, what is the complete name of the Nick Carter show? <laughs> Who was the first mate, Red Gallagher? Who did he get connected with? Who was the space cadet? And who was Floyd Munson? Hello there. You are on the air. Yes, is this the Patricia and Walden sports show? Oh, sorry. Well, it uh, could be. The, it could be. Or, or uh, Patricia Potluck with sports. Well, okay. This, this is Don calling back. And Hello, I thought Don. I would take a crack at a question. Oh, my goodness gracious. Don, Which one you want? Oh, uh, I think, wasn't the full title of Nick Carter, Nick Carter, Master Detective? That is absolutely correct. All right, Don. wins a Cupid doll. All right. And some radio shows. Okay. Now, if he accumulates enough Cupid dolls, does he turn in for a big stuffed animal, or what's the deal? Well, uh, let's see. I don't know. That probably wouldn't do so good with it. With animals, so I think I'll stick with the radio show. Okay. So I think you made a wise choice. <laughs> Walden, Walden didn't get enough sleep today, so we have to give him. He, he just gets a little carried away. Oh. I, I, I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah. Well, I, I thought I heard snoring in the background, but man. Uh, yeah, I could have. I've been oh. known. I've been known to do that. Yes. Patricia keeps seeing I'm still awake and I'm still here. Every once in a while, a couple of times that has happened while we were on the air, Don, um, we'd, we'd have somebody on the phone and I'd be talking and we'd finish up and I'd say good night and good night and good night. <laughs> <laughs> and we're saying, well, um, I could be I, out, I could be out in the garage getting a soda pop. Yeah, and you know that you weren't. Well, I think I was. Uh, yeah, but it sounds good, though. He just fell over backwards and fell asleep while we were on the phone. It's gonna be tough to do that now. I'm not gonna. I'm not sitting on my bed anymore. <sighs> well, you just need to get one of those chairs that you can kind of recline. Oh. Uh, probably what we're going to wind up. We'll have a fundraiser just for that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll put my name on the list for. The Attack General Mills Fund. Oh, Oh, uh, that is so cool. Thank you. Okay, you're on the list. And then, on top of that, you have to tell me what other shows I can send to you. Let's see. Well, actually, have you got any Nick Carter shows since I... Yes, I... That would work. 
Nick Carter, Master Detective. You've got Nick Carter, Master Detective. I just have to uh, type it next to your name here. And you got it. Okay. You know who, you know, you guys remember who was Nick Carter? Who played Nick Carter? Uh, da, 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 no. I think I would have to guess, and I'd probably be wrong. So Patricia, do you remember? Oh. Uh, was, let's see, was it Lon Clark? Very good. So my trivia question for both of you. Oh, dear. What, oh, dear. what, what was his first professional job on the radio? Oh, what? goodness, I didn't even know he was Nick Carter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm out of the running here, Don. That's well, I, I think I am, too. So I'm He nice. was an opera singer. Not really? Yes, Lon Clark was an opera singer. Huh. Get down, I would throw that by your way. Yeah. Oh, okay, now we'll have to come up with, with uh, some other trivia about that somewhere or another. There you go. I mean, it's time to Google or do something. <laughs> something so. I can answer. No, I mean, I, I don't do so well on the answers. I'm great on questions, but... Well, then I've been doing reasonably well, huh? You've been doing super. Super. I'm teaching him how to talk New York. Here. I know. I know. A, Midwest, a West Coast boy with Midwest roots yeah. trying to talk New Yorkies. Oh, that makes sense. Here yet. We'll get there. Yeah, I know. And I could answer another one, but I don't dare answer the, another question because then you'll have to go back to talking about sports. and Sports. Bowling. Sports. That'll, that'll yeah, make yeah. Patricia all upset. I know. We don't want to do that. I know. I, got, I have hives, you know? And, and, but, you know, I wonder why she looks up baseball questions for me and other sports questions just for me. That yeah. quite no, makes sense. The, the terrible thing is... So I can ask you more on thought. Yeah. If yeah. Well, hey, that's... What are, <laughs> what are friends for? <laughs> <laughs> just getting, the, getting hives, looking up the sports questions, going, I hate this, I hate this. The really awful thing about all of this is that sometimes I really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think that probably helped that show you why you had older brothers in your life, Patricia. You've just been, you're stuck with the knowledge base. It's just, it's dreadful. Yeah. It's absolutely dreadful. So, so what is going um, with, on with you, and did you have a good week? Oh, it's not... Yeah, it's raining here. I'm, I'm north of Walden. I'm actually in Silicon Valley, so we've been yeah. having, it's, it's not real cold. It's, you would consider it cold. I think it's probably like 50. Well, we, we both know that Northern, that Northern California are really two separate states. And, yeah, that's true. And, and let's face it, every time I go up, it, it, it seems like it's cold and damp compared to we oh. California, Southern California kids down here. Yeah, it's, that's, that's probably true, although... You know, for the most part, I think, you know, a lot of the time the weather is similar, but it's, we definitely do get, you know, a lot more, a lot more rain than you do down there. Yeah, well, and also, you know, when you're bound to San Francisco, you must get all that breeze and that, it's just that fog, it just seems like you're halfway cold half the time. At least to me, I don't know, but, you know, what do I know? But, hey, that's where sourdough bread is from, so I'm happy about that. That's a fair trade-off. Yeah. My book. So. Now you're okay, in the mid- well, let's see. I'm trying to think if I have anything else spectacular to say, and probably not, so. <laughs> how long have you been in Silicon Valley? 
Actually, I was I was uh, born in this area. I'm in one of those weird people that's actually a native Californian. A native Californian. That is definitely which, weird. Which in our area is really unusual because it's, there's so many people have migrated here because of the technology companies that... <laughs> There aren't that many people, when you talk to, just have a general conversation with somebody, probably better than 50% of the time, they're from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in Florida, that was the case. We've had such a huge migration in over the last several decades that people are being born here and growing up, so the native population is looted remarkably. Um, I've, not very long ago... Um, 10% were visitors and 90% were natives, and now the numbers have flipped. Yeah, I, that's actually, my my mother lives in Cocoa Beach, so I've been, I've actually been to Florida a bunch of times. In fact, it's so funny for someone from California, I've been to Disney World more times than I've been to Disneyland. Wow. <laughs> I live here and I haven't been there once. Huh. Yeah, well. It costs a few pennies to go there. Oh, my gosh, it cost you your firstborn. To oh, amazing. Really terrible, terrible stuff. So, all right, I, I'm going out on a limb here. I'm already wrecked for the entire night. Are you a football fan? Uh, yeah, but I'm not. I'm actually, I, I like sports, but I'm not a, a diehard sports fan. Uh, I no, would know more about just the, the local teams and, you know, and that than I would anything that's, you know, from somewhere else. That would not be a good question to ask me, although I like sports. I know, you know, I'm not... Holden, can you pod me up just a little bit? Uh-huh. I can do that. Okay. You would, you would not be the kind of person who would go out and sit on a block of ice to watch a bunch of guys fall down on a field. Uh, well, I guess it would depend on the team, but in general, no. I, you know, I mean, I, I definitely prefer warmer weather to cooler weather, but I, you know, I have, I, that's the other place. My, it, it's interesting, my, my mom was also a native Californian, but went to Florida for work because she worked the, actually the same place that I work and was in, in Cocoa Beach mainly because of, um, the space program, which is what my stepfather was involved with, and so, you know, she's, they, but they go back and forth between New York and California, so I've been to New York when it's been very, very cold and gone, well, this is a nice place to visit, and it's fun, I will never forget the first time I went and visited, and I got up, and I decided I would look at the, the thermometer by the window that was measuring the outside temperature, and it said minus 18 degrees, and I went, oh, this is different. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, I'll I'll try it just once, and it's of course fun to like toboggan and do all of that kind of stuff. But yes. you know, and and I've been skiing and so on and so forth. But no, that's I'll take California weather over that, though. That's the kind of weather that's life threatening when you go to the go to the mailbox, you know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget one time when I was there and my, I went out to say something to my stepfather. It was just like outside, and I went out in a normal shirt, and I wasn't really, like, freezing cold. I, it was cold, but yeah. he's like, you need to wear a jacket. People die in this. And I'm like, well, I'm 
like a hundred feet from the house, you know. The big thing that people, when it's that cold, I notice, or you know, they're they tend to watch like leaving doors and windows and things open because, of course, you don't you want the heat to stay inside, so you're not uh-huh. warming up the plants in the yard. I mean, uh, they, you know, whatever. I mean, you sent me a bunch of photos of. Uh, items, old-time radio items, and an old-time radio as well. Uh, Want to talk about that for a little minute? Oh, yeah, that was, um, it's a picture of um, an E.H. Scott radio from 1935, which cost as much as a car did at that point in time. That radio was, it was probably about $400 in 1935. Wow. So there aren't, you know, there aren't uh, an awful lot of them around because most people didn't have the money to spend on that. And one of the one of the pictures was a uh, the one that it looks like it's a picture of a turntable is that's a, that was a, one of the standard turntables that was used in a radio station at that point in time. It's a an RCA 70D turntable which I took apart and restored, which is why it looks kind of like brand new. I had found a friend of mine actually had some of the the original paint that he got he had bought in 1950 which was meant for touching things up and he had like a, a couple of quarts of it and I'm like I just need enough to repaint this thing so it's the original color and some transcription pictures did you I don't know if you looked at the the, the pictures that were in there I had I when I go to garage sales I tend to ask if there's anything that's related to OTR at a garage sale, and I had gone to a garage sale in San Jose, and I asked the lady that was doing the garage sale if she had anything that pertained to to radio, and she kind of got a funny look on her face, and she said, wait a second. She went in the house, and she comes out with this box and shows it to me, and I kind of looked at it, and I went, well, this looks interesting, and we went back and forth, and I came up with a price that we both agreed was fair, and so I... The Investors Club list, we have many open places. We need 50 names before we can get a share of General Mills stock, and we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Oh, okay, guys. Well, I'll let you get back to talking to someone else. All well, right, Don. It's so good to hear from you, and I appreciate your calling. Thank you. You're welcome, and have a good rest of the show. Thanks, Don. I'll talk to you later. Hey. Bye-bye. 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 All right. One of our new family members, 714-545-2071. Give us a call. Well, I have a note from Dan, our historian. Dan, the man from Indiana? Yeah, that's right. All right. Um, it, the the title of his email is confused, and it reads. That, that means he confused or I'm confused. No, he's confused. Oh. Um, and his message is Patricia, are we buying stock or raising bail to get Bill out of a Mexican? <laughs> <laughs> Put me down for one or both. <laughs> And he's, he's making um, a suggestion about the name or a new name for the show. 
Uh, okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <coughs> well, he gave us a choice here. Simple, Patricia. <laughs> on, on occasion, will work very well. Or simply, Patricia. Uh-huh. Which might work. I don't know. Uh-huh. But, um... I th- Dan, I think I'll pass if it's all right with you. <laughs> we'll just stick with the Walden and Patricia lineup here. Uh, this girl was adorable. She just she got that a good moniker for her. Oh, you're so good to me. Adorable, it's adorable. Well, I think this is really nice. A, a family member is not only joining us on the Investors Club list; he's willing to kick in to get Bill out of jail. Bill. The f- Free bill! Free bill! Right. Uh, free free bill. I, I'd really rather take care of the investors club first. Ah. Uh, so we now know what Patricia's true love and patriotism lies with. My true colors have emerged. Yes, right. My true colors. That's right. Oh, okay, well, you're down for the investors club, uh, Dan, and... <laughs> Um, if Bill is in trouble, we'll kick in a buck there, too. <laughs> oh, dear, that poor man. Poor man. Oh, I really ho- I hope they get home okay. I, I, did you did you figure out if they're driving home or flying home? Oh, I think they're driving. R- both ways? Why not? I thought, I had in my head that this might be a plan for Mike to have a car down there. I think he's probably, yeah, he's made a... They could buy another hot car to buy it back to Texas. Yeah, so they, you know, they, they would drop a car off and then... Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't know. When we get Kim, we're going to try to see if we can get Kim on the air on Monday. We'll ask her. Hello there, you're on the air. Is this where I buy my GM stock? GM stock? You're going to turn that in for General Mills? There you go. All right, no one. Are you on our list? Uh, not that list. <laughs> no? You won't, will you get on our investors club list? You said am I on your list. I I know you have me on a list, but I didn't know if if the one investing, I wasn't sure. The investment list, do you have to, I'm asking if you would please uh, become a member of the investors club. Absolutely, yes, ma'am. I I call my broker, Bernie Madoff. (laughs) (laughs) You You want to transfer funds. Even though it was a small commission, he's going to take care of it. Uh-huh. Very small. <laughs> he, can, he can buy an extra pack of gum this week. Hey, there you go. <laughs> How are you? It's good to talk to you. Well, good to talk to you, too. And it's early for you, Norm, for crying out loud. It's what? It's early. It's very oh. early for you. It's early. It's like 1 in the morning or something. Oh, oh, oh. I was going to... Uh, have you tried decaf, Walnut? No, no, I don't, I don't drink coffee. Can you imagine? How about Please. The, the Lemon Abner? Uh, don't, give him, don't give him any ideas here. <laughs> lemon Abner. Uh, poked them? Yeah, no, Horlicks. Gar- oh, Horlicks. Horlicks malted whatever. I've never tried it. Have, did it taste good? It's supposed to, I don't know. It's supposed to calm your nerves and let you sleep. Well, you know, I don't think that's going to help the show much. <laughs> you're, you're fine. We're fine. Uh-huh. Well, I, when I drove past last week, this time I waved and yelled and blew the horn. That was you, then. That was me. <laughs> did you see me? Did you? Did 
you get the message I left at the front desk? No. You you are at the Motel 6 just across the Port of Warren Bridge? Oh, no, I was there for one night. Oh, oh darn, I missed it again. <laughs> Tell I was going to buy you a Coke or something. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, but you weren't there. No, I wasn't there. You'd already checked out. I, I was only there for one night. Oh, did I really guess where you were? I was probably... <laughs> you really did. I did. Was that the hotel that you checked out of, Patricia? Oh, no, it was a Super 8, not a motel. Oh, okay. I get my number. Okay. Okay. You're really going up in the world, then. Yeah, yeah a little just like, no, I'm going down. Super 8. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, I, I would have gladly stayed there, and it was even closer to the library than where I am right now. Oh. Um, but... I needed, I needed a private cleaning crew in there. <laughs> Couldn't wait to get out. I mean, it was just awful, just awful. I do, I, I do have a Jacksonville story about that Fuller Warren Bridge. Uh-huh. For a brief period, I was in public relations with the bank chain here in Florida. Mm -hmm. And there was a meeting in Jacksonville, and the, uh, one of the president, uh, vice president of the bank and myself were driving up there. We go across the bridge to have the meeting, and we were showing these little giveaways and things, PR items. So we start back, and we're on the bridge. It's a toll bridge, as you know. I guess it's still a toll. And uh, we stopped, and both started reaching. Well, the driver, my friend, started reaching in his pockets, and he didn't have any change. He didn't have any bills, and I, I was broke. I didn't have anything either. I had a credit card. <laughs> Take that. So this is a quarter we got to negotiate here. So we started reaching out and getting ballpoint pens, calendars, uh, little souvenirs like that, and said, oh, the man, we don't have any money, but we will send you a check as soon as we get back home. In the meantime, here's something to cover the cost if you throw a quarter in there for us. He laughed, and he threw a quarter in there. So before we pulled away, uh, the friend said, by the way, what's your name? And he said, Gomez McQueen. <laughs> oh, we almost laughed. He sounds like a radio character, right, right off, you know. <laughs> Got home and uh, Frank wrote a check to Gomez McQueen and care of the Foot of Warren Bridge, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Florida. And the check cleared. He signed it and pay, cashed it. So that's my Jacksonville story. That is fun. You're, that's a whole lot more fun than I can come up with. <laughs> <laughs> that is good stuff. Never a dull moment. Yeah. Well, the, the the only the only thing I can contribute to this Super Eight or whatever it was, Super Eight, yeah. The only thing, Motel Six, is that the one where they leave the light on for you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's not the one I was at. Um, and I, I I made out a list. I mean, this place was just I, the, the the smoke alarm was ripped off the <laughs> off the wall. I mean, it was just incredible. And I made out this list, and I I went up to the office and I said. I cannot in good conscience leave this room without going over this list with you. And I wasn't going to leave until the manager came in. And he said, well, I'll give you a discount card for the next time you come. <laughs> uh -oh. to be kidding. There isn't going to be a next time. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Hmm. Uh, uh, I, know, I know who Floyd Munson is. You know who Floyd Munson is? Uh-huh. All right, go ahead. He was a barber on uh, Lemon, or uh, <laughs> the, uh, let's see. <laughs> Not the Andy Griffith show, but. Uh, 
Yeah, he was. And Molly. Yeah, that's where he was. He's a barber. Yeah, the, uh, the barber. He was not the barber of Seville. Where was he? What? <laughs> the barber in Flipper McGee and Molly? That's pretty good. Yeah. But You know, we were talking one night at the, the, the club. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to say the similarity between some of the, uh, of the Andy Griffith show and Flipper McGee and Molly. Uh-huh. They both had the barber named Floyd. Well, you, you're getting off track here, though. You didn't tell him. This, this is a Walden trick you're pulling here. You know, I asked him a question, and he's not quite sure of the answer, so he circles the wagon train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I'm learning. So Floyd, yeah, right. <laughs> he's teaching you well. Floyd the Barber was on which radio show? Uh, which radio show? Uh-huh. Uh, what did I just say? I'm, I'm blocking now on the name I just said. Well, you is, is that the question? Was it a radio show you saw? What radio show? Yeah, you said the Andy Griffith show, but that's television. Yeah, okay. And Munson was the barber. Super McGee and Molly. No. Well, that barber was named Floyd. Oh, Super McGee and Molly didn't... Well, I guess they did have a barber. He, he got a haircut one time, but no. <laughs> that's the show I happened to hear. But I... I, I <laughs> You're hot tonight. <laughs> That's funny. No, you got to give me the other half here. Floyd Munson. Floyd the barber. I don't get the prize. Oh, I'll tell you what. Nolan, by the time we finish the conversation, you're going to remember. I can't. Uh, those are the two things. Floyd the barber on Andy Griffith on TV and Floyd the barber on Fibber McGee and Molly. No, he wasn't on Fibber McGee and Molly. It's not Fibber McGee and Molly? It's not Fibber McGee and Molly. Okay. Well, I'm struck out. Well, uh, a semi-strike. You're doing a Walden. He'll eventually get to the center of the wagon train. <laughs> he'll, he'll penetrate the, the, the circle, but it takes him a little while. He goes around. Another one? Around. He gives me all the peripheral information. It's really cool. <laughs> we know so much by the time he gets finished and, and gets to the to the heart of the question. <laughs> what is, what's another question? Oh, you want another question? Well, aren't there three or four you had out there? Or do you just get one shot? I, I do, okay. Um, you can only have one, though, if you get... Okay. Who was the first mate, Red Gallagher? And who was the space cadet? You can have one of those. Uh, take the space cadet. All right. Tom Corbett. Very good. Very good. him on television. But yeah, he was on television, too. Well, who played that hey. part? You're right. You didn't tell me that part. No. This was... Frankie, Frankie Thomas. Say what? His name. Frankie Thomas. Frankie. The TV actor that played it on TV. Really? See, you know, you guys know all of this stuff. And, the, you know, the, I, I should be blessing you for not talking S-words tonight. This is good. Hello? I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> No S-words. Everybody is going to games that involve orbs or spheres, things that they throw and they fall down or they hit with sticks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't get it. Have you ever been to a professional football game? No, I haven't. I've been to college and high school, but that's about all. You are so wise. Well, I, I, I just didn't live where it was a big deal. 
Yeah, I, I don't get it. Um, you know, these, these guys pay three and $400 to sit on a cube of ice and watch these guys stand up and fall down. <laughs> yeah, that does seem a little extravagant. It does. It does. I mean, it's painful. When, when you're sitting 44 stories in the air, these, they look like ants, green and, and white ants down there, and all you do is freeze and watch people jump up and down and spill beer. I don't get it. Yeah, you, you can get it at home with a fair-sized screen TV in a warm house. That's right. You can jump up and down and spill your beer in, the, in a very warm living room. There you go. I agree. I agree. So what is happening with you? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I don't have too many complaints. Just uh, same old, same old. Can't sleep. Uh, that, people have a lot worse than I do. Wow. How much sleep do you get at night? Four hours. How much? Four hours. What do, do you get any during the rest of the day? No, I, I don't. I can't nap either. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm coming to uh, to Jacksonville to go to the sleep clinic, the Mayo Sleep Clinic. Uh huh. I'll let you know how that comes out. I, I can't yeah. imagine being able to go to sleep with a bunch of probes on my head and tips of my fingers and that, that sort of thing. That's the way I picture it. Yeah, you know, and, and in somebody else's bed and knowing that somebody is watching you the whole time. I mean, you can't go to sleep anyway, and that's why you're there. Right. You know, and this is going to put you to sleep? I don't think so. Hey, if you can go to sleep with that, you might as well go home because you're cured. <laughs> right. If you can sleep with that, you don't need us. <laughs> right. Oh, you're on TV all night, tossing and turning. That's right. That's right. They've helped hundreds of people, so we'll see. Yeah, really weird stuff. I went to Mayo one time a million years ago, and they, they took very good care of me. Oh, they're wonderful, and they're very, people, it was just a, I had a sentence to think it'd be very, very expensive to go there. Yeah. Very, very reasonable. What, what old-time radio personality used Mayo as a vacation spot? Uh, Once a year, he liked to check in to get a rest. Was it Jack Benny? Yeah, it was Jack Benny. He loved Mayo Clinic. That's why he could get there and relax for a few days. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Up in Rochester. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's good. interesting. That was good. I may not wake up for a day or so. <laughs> it was nice that he had, had the, the means to do that. And it really is a great place to be. You know, you get a medical workup. People serve you meals. They like who you are. You like who they are. Sounds like a plan to me. you got to tape yourself sleeping. You have to what? Get a tape of yourself sleeping as a souvenir. Yeah, yeah, that's the... Sleeping or not sleeping, which is whichever it's going to be. Or not sleeping, yeah. Jeez, you poor guy. When are you going uh, to Mayo? Oh, uh, the 16th. Whatever they, that falls on this that's month. Re- that's really soon. Yeah, yeah, it is. <sighs> well, I hope you make out okay. Next oh, thank you. I'll, uh, I'll be fine. Was sleeping always an issue? No. No? no? Okay. No, it just uh, can't, it comes with birthdays, I guess. Uh-huh. I've heard a lot of people say as they get older, they don't need as much sleep as they did before, but this is ridiculous. And the, and the hours are odd, too. I go to sleep about 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. I sleep until 11.30 or noon, and then I'm up for the day. Yeah. It's, it's just really not enough. I've got to be in a stupor all the time. But you don't want to hear an old man complain about his ailments. Let's talk about old radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we kind of think of you as a young man, and now you've got a, a sleep problem here. Bad, well, thank you. 
bad stuff. Sleep problems are bad stuff. Oh, this afternoon at the Spurvet, uh, Fred Foy's daughter was in the, in the audience this afternoon. Oh, really? Yes. She came over to watch the, the recreation this afternoon. You know, as uh, the, the years went on, she took over his correspondence. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And, and uh, used the internet, and he mailed to answer his uh, fan mail. Ah. Uh. And she asked all of us to send our address uh-huh. and so forth. But um, I have a couple of prized things that he gave me that I, I uh, considered at one time maybe giving to the auction, but they're just too precious right now to, to let go. You bet. Gave me a complete set of shows from the. Uh, they were on cassette. It was a. Uh, I had. I called it the, the first team. You know, it had uh, Fred, of course, and Brace Beamer and and John Todd. And those are the episodes that I like best. Wow. He started about 1949, and he he would always, for some reason, would avoid the question about how many shows he did or how long he was there. I don't know why, but. He was the best-known narrator, best-known actor, and uh, did only a third of the shows that were that were that were done. And, you know, and I'm wondering, and I was wondering why. Is it because his style? Even though he, what face, he came on somewhat late in the game, yeah. 1948, the summer of 48. Just took over. Yeah, and just people identify him as being the announcer. Right, and. Uh, I, would, I was with him in a couple of instances where he was being interviewed, mm-hmm. and he would dance around that uh, when they would say, now, how long did you do the show? He said, well, well we went to, I had to leave the XYZ to go to uh, serve my time in the Army, and uh-huh. I came back, and then, but I counted, it was almost a thousand of them he did. It was 900 and something, yeah. and uh, that's pretty good. That's a third of the run, I believe, and then Walden, would that be about right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. After cause the series started in '33 and went to about live until '54, so he he did about a third of them. You bet. Yeah. And he said he never ever got tired of saying it over and over and over. Oh, I know. I even asked him. I said, "Has it ever been a time where that was inappropriate or you were bothered by it?" He said, "Never." I mean, I would never ask him to do it. Uh, being uh, uh, having come as a guest, you know, we were going to have him do it at the dinner, but. We sat out, and I had taken a cassette and put, um, this was in the cassette days back in the 90s, and it had, uh, I took the open like like it was, but I took the, uh, what I, I copied it, I got hoof beats and I got uh, gunshots and reproduced the opening without the narrator. And so I, we were sitting on a couch in the suite, the broadcaster suite there, and I, I said, uh, uh, this is what I've done. I said, I, it has the same gunshots and it should work, but let me play it for you. And I played it and he listened carefully and he said, yeah, would you play that again? I said, sure. And I played it again and he started doing the opening, sitting there on the couch. And I'm saying, what, I, whoa, where, where, yeah. where am I? This is really happening. And some guys in the other room in the kitchen came, stuck their heads around the door and they thought it was a recording. <laughs> And uh, he, he got through, and uh, right on the mark, you know, and, and uh, Hyo Silver, he does that when he's on the road. He, he does the Hyo Silver part as well. And uh, he did that, and he said, yeah, I think that'll work. I said, yeah, I believe so. I got chill bumps and my hair standing up on my neck. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think that'll work. Right. <laughs> It'll be fine. And, of course, he, it was a complete hit. Uh, 
not finish it. He was a standing ovation. It was so loud that he couldn't hear himself or we couldn't hear him. He had wow. To... Quite a night. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the DVD you sent me? Yes. I, I forgot but I sent you that. It was wonderful, and he, he was such a great speaker. Yes, and uh, it reminded me of that my son Warren had our video recorder, which was heavy as Dickens. Uh, had to hold it on your shoulder. And he stood there doing that 45-minute speech and held that camera. Hmm. And otherwise, I wouldn't have had that DVD I sent you. Wow. Well, he done good. Yeah, I, I, that was a real highlight in my career. Too. Yeah, uh, I, it was really a, a wonderful 45 minutes. Uh, how, how much? How long was uh, the DVD that you sent? Let's see. I think I, it, it contained that performance and then I, he gave them to let's see yeah he gave me uh but he gave me everything he had frankly i think i told you this mm -hmm. to convert to cds and dvds for him mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he had that um he said do you have the the recording of the show i was where i played the ranger and i said no i don't i'd love to have it he said when i get home i'll make you a copy sure enough a few days later this cassette arrived and so I made me a copy and DVD, CD and made him a CD and put the tape with it and sent it back to him. And he called him and said, is this the kind of thing you do that you can convert tape and, and uh, VHS tape and audio tape? And I said, yeah, I can, most anything that's not copy guarded or anything I can, I can reproduce. So he said, I'm gonna send you, I have a few things that I've saved over the years. I'd love to have it on CD because I don't have it in a form that I can play it for the family. And I said, uh, sure, be glad to. Well, I said, Let, why don't we do it in separate shipments? Don't put everything in one box. I said, that kind of worries me. And uh, sure enough, it, it arrived with everything in there, including VHS tapes of him on the Dick Cavett show. Is he announced? Oh, my. Uh, oh, my. Copies of every commercial he ever did for this agency that did movie commercials. Oh, wow. For, for all of our listeners, this is Fred Foy we're talking about, the announcer for The Lone Ranger. And um, a lot of people don't know that he was the announcer for Dick Cavett. Right. And Dick Cavett apparently picked him because of the... They were auditioning some announcers at ABC. I don't know exactly how that works, whether they are paid separately or whether they're just on staff. I don't mean just on staff. But what an honor that would be to be on that staff. But they... Um, auditioned them to who was going to do the open for the show and uh, Dick was in the control room and he, he uh, Fred had read something you know the guys had read something and he Dick said uh, Fred do that thing you do with the, that opening you know that you know what I'm talking about and of course he did and he did it and uh, Fred said I think that sealed it and got me the job wow and he was what perfect for it me? there was a time that he did a little skit with uh, Dick uh, that using this chroma key that was new at the time where you can change the background but everything is blue or green uh -huh. green screen have you heard of that uh-huh then um they're fooling around the cabin has a uh, blues uh hood and all of his clothing is blue and it, it blanks out when you try to photograph it it won't photograph mm -hmm. but he can hand pick things up and throw them around they were having a lot of fun with that and i, I had that for him and I put uh, all the other things on the DVD that was related to TV. And I had, he played Sergeant Preston too once. Uh, that's not yeah. 
widely known. Yep. But uh, I have a copy of that. And, uh, of course, made him one. And uh, so got all this stuff done and shipped it back up there. And he called me, and he was just thrilled to death. He said it was just wonderful. He said I can show my grandchildren. And th then a little later I got a, a letter from his daughter who said how much she appreciated it. And she sent me some money and said, would you do, you know, four other copies of everything for the family we'd love to have him. And, uh, of course, I didn't mind at all. And they... Uh, I'm, I was glad, and he, he, he did say, copy whatever you want for your collection, and uh, so I copied everything, <laughs> being the pig that I am. Oh. Pig nothing, those are treasures. The Fred Boy Archive. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Good stuff. Yeah, one of the best. Are you going to do some bloopers for us on, on Christmas, or Christmas Eve, or? Oh, um, or yeah. Eve? Might be able to manage some between now and then. Yeah. If I, if I go to Jacksonville, still wake up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the, the one thing you have, you know, they have how how many consent forms they have you sign anytime you have a right. done. You bring one and have them guarantee that they're not going to electrocute you. My son Warren put all this together, and he keeps me going, keeps me uh, on t on schedule with doctor's appointments, whatever I need. And he does it long distance, but he, we do it with cell phone and mm -hmm. the uh, internet. And uh, he's, he's a pretty good kid. He's a lot like his mother, I think. <laughs> he sounds like a good kid. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who will send an email and scare the beat jabbers out of me <laughs> is an okay guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I told you he sent... He's got all the toys. He, he works for, uh, I started to say Southern Bell, AT&T. And uh, they're into TV, cable, and internet, iPod, iPad, all that business. Mm -hmm. It's quickly getting away from me. I used to be pretty technical. And, uh, pick up things and working around radio stations, especially small, small ones. You have to have a little knowledge of engineering to keep it on the air sometimes. Yeah. And uh, I, I wouldn't turn down any job when I was a teenager. If it was a radio station, I would take it. That may be where I fouled up my sleep. I don't know. There you go. It probably did. I don't know, when, when you were a kid, were you okay on a normal sleep schedule with the rest of the world? No, I wasn't. I, uh, from the freshman in high school all the way through, I worked till 10 or 11 at night and then got up the next morning went to school and uh, probably did some damage because I did that for four or five years. Yeah. And after that, I, I uh, was so enamored with the business. If anybody offered me a job that I could drive to, I would go do it. And I would work two or three radio stations, not full-time, you understand, mm -hmm. uh, part-time at each one, which would end up being 70 or, 70 or, or 60 or 78 hours. Would that be the most busiest part of your whole life when you were spending that many hours in a station? I'm sorry, would it be what part of my life? Would, Doing 70 hours a week, would that be about the busiest part of your life, working inside a station? Um, yeah, the, uh, now that was after I, after graduation, I went, uh, went to school in Chattanooga uh -huh. and uh, did the same thing up there. I was doing, uh, at one time I was doing the narration for a grocery store chain that had uh, the recording that they would play in all the stores, mm -hmm. went over an FM carrier 
probably know all the stories you know the special on the eggs and that sort of thing I'd go in and record that I was doing tapes for drive-in theaters where the uh, music played between the shows mm-hmm. the DJ that does that and it was a small uh, small chain of three, three or four towns markets and I did that I did one show and put a different opening on each one of them it still took time and uh, what else and the, and the DJ jobs so I, I overdid it you know but I I just uh, wanted to get every ounce of experience I could yeah yeah well when you were before you you wrecked yourself in radio what was your normal sleep schedule when you were let's say in grammar school um, oh probably uh, eight or nine hours uh, and it was at a regular time yes it was uh, Era, yeah, my mother was kind of a stickler about that. And I I told somebody when I was four or five years old, I didn't know there was two six o'clocks in the day because it put me to bed at six and I, I would wake up at, uh, at you know, regular time, seven yeah. years. And uh, I got a lot of sleep. But I often wonder, uh, Michael Fox talks about, Michael J. Fox talks about uh, I have Parkinson's. I think we talked about that. Right. And he you know, talked about the schedule he was on, making uh, those uh, movies mm-hmm. and doing a TV show. And and they they did two of those Back to the Future movies at one time.
then he had to be back the next morning to do the TV show. Oh, my. He did that for, for quite a while, and I, I wonder if, if there's a correlation between Parkinson's and not resting properly. I don't know. Oh. It's, a, it's really an interesting point. I'm no physician, but it... it uh, yeah. I was asking about your normal cycle, because some, I'm, for me, for example, when I was a little, little kid, I mean, even before I was in kindergarten, I was a night person. I, I just never went to sleep with the rest of the family. I would, would lie awake half the night and then have to get up and <laughs> pretend I was normal. Um, but that early on, I knew that my schedule was about eight hours out of sync from the rest of the world. But it sounds like you were pretty much in sync with the, with the daytime, nighttime thing. Yeah, I was, and then I spent two years in Germany, and it took me a while to adjust to that schedule, but I really think I was more, my clock worked better over there than it is at home. It was almost like I never got over coming back uh, with the six hours difference, six or seven, depending on the time of year, I guess. Yeah. um, Do you have any idea why that might have happened? The sleep thing? Mm Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't. I, uh, I may get some answers next week. I'll let you know if they, because I'm going to ask lots of questions. Yeah. This clinic. Okay, well, you're going to have to give us a call and <laughs> take notes, would you please? Yeah, I'll leave a wake-up call. Yeah, take notes. We'll be on television together. I'll, I'll be taping while I'm talking. Of course. All right. Of course. Okay, um, Walden and I are going to be live again this week, at least Monday, maybe Tuesday as well. We were on last week, uh-huh. or, you know, this past week. So your assignment is to tune in and call in. Well, all right. I, I'll do that. That's not all right. Not your usual time. But if Bill gets out of the Tijuana jail... That's true. He'll be back to relieve you. We, we may need an extra dollar. <laughs> oh, yeah, do put me down for a share of GM. A bill for Bill? Bill, yeah, that's, no, no. A bill yeah, for, a, a bill for no, he, he, he made that bed. He can sleep in it. <laughs> You're wicked. Yeah. 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 Big Tech. You see the headlines. Like the, one of the Gasmans. That was so funny. Doing that Mexican accent earlier today. <laughs> yeah. We don't want Good. no Big Techs. No Big Techs here. Big Techs. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I didn't mean to drag on. I will uh, let you all go. Oh, not at all. But when you, as soon as you hang up, you're going to say, oh, I know where Floyd the Barber was. <laughs> I know it. It'll hit me in the night. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got a package ready for you to, to get out. So oh. when, I, when I get home, it will be in the mail. We'll look forward to it. We'll give it hey. another trip. This is number 27. Is that right? Yeah. Incredible. Right, 3 a.m. and tell them about how long that envelope lasted. I don't know. You know, I, I think we have to wait for the post office to go belly up before we do this. <laughs> it won't be long. No, I know. Not if they keep going. Phew. Oh. Bad stuff. All right, guys. You're on All right. the road. Thanks, Nolan. It's always fun. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. 714-545-2071. I think we lost Walden. I am right here. Oh, we didn't lose Walden. Mm-hmm. Okay, we need to know who was... 
Kathy, I knew we lost you. (laughs) I knew you had just kind of zoned out. Uh, There you are. Who this? Hi, Hi, Patricia. Hi. Hey, hey. You're awake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Here for a while. I know. I didn't recognize you right away. How are you doing? about you all week. Really? Yeah. Patricia, why you know she's going to donate a dollar to the fund? Oh yeah. There you go. All right, you're there gonna you go. you're gonna be a member of the General Mills Investors Club. What is it, David? <laughs> <laughs> well, then I think you have to turn me up a little bit. All righty. Um, it's the General Mills Investors Club, and we're going to buy one share of General Mills. I see. Yes, and that's because they are holding. The Jack Armstrong All-American Boy shows and transcripts and oh. and everything. And they won't release them. So we figured really? if, we, if we all get together, and there are 50 of us, we can get together and say you've got 50 shareholders here who are really ticked off. We don't have to tell them that we all own only one piece of the pie. Yeah. Uh, you know, if that doesn't work, we'll boycott them. There you go. <laughs> we won't eat your Wheaties. <laughs> This is good. This is good. So how are you? Oh, good. I've been real busy uh, building a doghouse. Uh-oh. Oh. For you? Oh, you know, that's a possibility. It has, um, there's probably enough room for me in there. Uh-oh. But I told Tony if she sends me to the doghouse, I'm taking the dogs with me. <laughs> Cold out there at night, you know. I'll bet. How are you doing on temperatures? Uh, it's uh, it's been down into the um, the, the mid twenties a couple of times. Uh, oh no! Uh, this morning it was like thirty two. Oh and, uh, no! Daytime it gets up around sixty, so it's not bad. I am such a wimp. Oh, you get used to it. Oh, I'm such you a. Know, you, you lost your New York toughness? I never had it. Did you get it? <laughs> no, I, I never did. I never had it. My. No, it, it was one of the things that made moving south so appealing. I would get so cold in the wintertime up there, I would get sick to my stomach. Well, you know, when, I, when I moved to, with the job to San Francisco, uh, it wasn't all that cold, you know, but I, I worked with a, a little Filipino guy. And he would come in in the middle of the summer with this big muffler wrapped around his head and around his neck. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he stood it. He was cold all the time. Yeah. Probably had low thyroid on top of it. I don't know. But uh, see him coming in, you know, there was more clothes than there was guy. <laughs> San Francisco is not exactly the warmest place in the world. You've got the dampness coming in off the bay. There's always a wind. The temperatures are... Oh, yeah. Yeah, we used to get some wind over there. Yeah. And fog. You know, it's right near uh, Daly City. Uh Uh-huh. And the fog comes in from the coast, I guess, from the Half Moon Bay area. And there's just a little channel in the mountain there where it just comes through like, like a freight train. Wow. 
Well, no wonder the poor little guy was all dressed up with every place to go. Uh, he needed a hobby. He shouldn't have spent all that time getting dressed. <laughs> oh, <Ralph>. You're incorrigible. <laughs> oh, my. And Tony as well? Oh, Tony's fine. She's downstairs looking at the idiot box. Well, say hey to Tony. Um, I will. I have two questions left. Do you, do you oh, know what? Let me have one. Hmm? Say that again, please. I said, let, let me have one. Okay, well, I'll give you both of them. I have, uh, I'm doing this a little bit differently because I'm not home yet. So I pulled four oh. questions. I pulled four questions, and I'm going to give you two. She ran away from home and hasn't gone back yet to King Crows. I know. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. must like that motel there. <laughs> no. No. They said, they, they told me the other day, this is your home away from home. And I said, no, this is my home. My apartment's my home away from home. <laughs> uh, anyway, I've been here long enough that I qualified for four free nights. How about that? Sounds good. It's, oh, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of money. Okay. Who, the first question is, I'll give you both of them, and then you can pick one. Who was Floyd Munson is the first one. And the second one was, who was first mate Red Gallagher? Uh, Floyd Munson was on the Great Gildersleeve. Perfect. Got it. And what was he? What was his name again? First mate? No, what, no, no, no. Floyd Munson. Um, yeah, Floyd Munson. Yeah. And what did he do? What did he do? Yeah, he was that. That was the barber. Nice. Very good. All right. Very good. Okay. Now that means I. Oh, gee, you're going to do this again to me, aren't you? I, you you called and didn't pick out a show for me to send to you. Correct? Right. How about how about Amos and Andy? Oh man, I can do Amos and Andy. All right, Ralph, Amos and Andy. Oh, 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 wait, I have a question for you. Let me just put yeah. this. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Now I I had to type in Amos and Andy, but let me see. I've got were you the person who asked for aliens in the mind? Say that again. I'm the, uh, the name of the show is Aliens in the Mind, and somebody asked for that show, and I thought it might be you. No, it wasn't me, but I think I might have one of those. I, I found six, <laughs> and, and apparently they're pretty hard to come by, but I did. I found six, and they're half-hour shows. They're not parts. They're, they're full half Ah, uh, uh, great. What? What was your other question? No, you can't have the other question. Oh, oh you mean. Oh. I'm not mean. I only oh. had four. Uh, I started out with four, so I've got one left. Uh. So I had to do this backwards. I had to ask the questions first and then have people call in and answer them. Yeah, I heard Nolan, and he was thinking, uh, Andy, the, um, the barber on there was, was named Floyd. He was a Floyd. and that was, was a Floyd, yeah, but it was a well, then different Floyd. Wasn't that Parley Bear who went over to Andy Griffith? Uh, Parley did, uh, but also um, Howard McNear. And I think Howard uh, McNear Howard played... That's what I mean. Yeah, Howard McNear played Floyd, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on Gunsmoke, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Doc. Yeah, he was Doc. Right. I, I, I didn't hear the name, but I, I recognize the voice. Yeah. 
very, very distinct voice. True radio people. Mm-hmm. We know voices. Yeah, you know, when he when he was on Andy Griffith's show, uh, after a, a period of time, he had a stroke. Right. Ooh. And they had to have him sitting in the rubber chair all the time after that, but his, uh, everything else was perfect. You know, Andy Griffith said, wouldn't think of replacing him. Wow. You know, he had, as a character, Floyd the Barber, he had this very unusual, slow and deliberate, almost a stroke-like type delivery. Yeah, yeah. And that was, that was the way they set up the character. So after he had a stroke, it would have fit beautifully. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah, I, I remember that. Well, they, they were uh, interviewing Andy Griffith one day, and, and uh, that subject came up. Yeah, but he I, died. I he, my, my little Rolodex in my head. Yeah, he died. In, I think he died in 1969, so he wasn't all that old. No, I, I didn't know when he when he passed yeah. away. And uh, Paulie Bill used to say he didn't go a day without thinking about him because he would he would probably picking him up to go to the Gunsmoke rehearsals and uh. see my dad. So, uh, that's um. Paulie Bear, he was in so many. Oh. Radio program. Oh, yeah. Great, great, great character actor. Absolutely. Great character. And also with a lion, he was also a lion tamer. Oh, so? It really, in true life, he took Bill Conrad to the circus one time, and Bill did not know Polly's background, and there was a lion acting up. And Polly told Bill, you just stay up there. I'm going to go down and see if I can help them. And pa- yeah. and Bill Conrad thought for sure that Klein was going to go eat a, a, ra- a radio actor. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> uh, well, Patricia, what are you doing? Uh, are you still in Jacksonville? I'm still in Jacksonville. My goodness. I know. I'm, I'm too delicate for this. It's cold up here. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't know. I, well, I was there in the summertime. I have, I have no sympathy from anybody tonight. I need somebody from the Deep South to call in and say, oh, I understand exactly what you're talking about. Mm. It's cold. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, <laughs> my, I told you, in-laws lived in, in Fort Myers. Mm-hmm. And we went down there one year. It was November. It was hot, and it was humid. So to take a break, my mother-in-law watched my three kids, and Tony and I went to a drive-in movie. Uh-huh. Wow. The mosquitoes were eating us alive. Oh, my gosh. You had the windows open? Well, yeah, it was hot. So we, we went to, I went to the refreshment stand. I bought this thing. They called it a pick. It was like a coil of some sort of... Uh, stuff that you, you burned it and it was supposed to chase the mosquitoes away. Uh-huh. I, I think they ate that. That's what they had for supper every night because they loved it. <laughs> we finally had to had to give up the driving movie and go home. Oh, that's funny. That was horrible. Aw, you poor babies. And I said, no Florida for me. Well, you just didn't time it right. Yeah, well, every time I've been there, like, uh, I was there last year, 
Tampa. Uh huh. And the, the this what is it they call them cicada? Uh huh. Some kind of bugs that make noise. And boy, they can make noise when they get together. Yeah. One at a time is enough. I couldn't believe it. It sounded like the, there must be millions of them. Yeah, are you sure they weren't tree frogs? No, no, no. They were, I asked my uh, uh, my niece, and she said they were cicada. Cicadas, okay, sure. Did I say it right? Uh-huh, you sure did. They're similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make noise like locusts. Yeah. Oh, wow. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, boy. Was it a father-in-law's one time we saw a palmetto bug? Oh, yeah? He said, that's a palmetto bug, I said. It looks an awful lot like a cockroach. It's in the the roach family, but they live in palmetto palms. Yeah, they live in the palms, yeah. Yeah, um, but they're a little unnerving when you first see them. I mean, it's like... When they run across, expect it to vibrate, you know? Yeah. Uh, Big stuff. Yeah. So anyhow, I got my dog house finished. Good. And it, today it rained a little bit, and my, my two dogs sat and looked at it. <laughs> sat in the rain. They're looking at the dog house. So finally, when I said I chased them into the dog house. Once I did that, they got the idea. Yeah, well, you know, it was... To get out of the rain. But I, I got my daughter's dog here. Uh-huh. And he won't go in the doghouse. He sits in, <laughs> he sits in the rain. He was there for an hour and a half. I felt sorry for him. I brought him in. Jeez. Well, I, I pushed him in the doghouse, and he pushed his way out. Well... You know, you you think that it's a poor dog he was sitting in the rain for an hour and a half. Who got to go inside, him or the two in the doghouse? Oh, there's room in there for all three of them. I, I built know, a but big he, doghouse. But he got to go inside. The other dogs had to stay in the doghouse. Oh, no, I brought them all in when I brought him in. Oh, you're a good person, Ralph. Oh, I, I love my dogs. You're a good person. My daughter's dog is nice, too, but he, he eats... Um, toilet paper, <laughs> towels, any kind of tissue. He, he just he just nails it. Oh, that's funny. That's and I, I don't know. I tried it. That didn't taste that good to me. I don't know what he gets out of it. But. Uh, I don't think, even, even with butter and salt, I don't think it would make it. No, no. It, 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 I just... She says he's he's always been that way since he was a little pup. Oh well, you know some dogs just have have a a favorite and they're not going to let go. All right, I have a question for you. Okay. All right, our theme for tonight is favorite toy, and it didn't necessarily have to be yours. Like if you stole your friend's bicycle because you loved it, that would be okay. So, did you have a favorite toy? Yeah, I got, got, I got to say it was uh, something I never owned, but I, I used to get to play with it at a friend's house. was uh, an erector set. Oh, my goodness. Tell me about it. Well, it's uh, it's all nuts and bolts and little uh, varying sizes, steel girders. And, uh, the set he had was very complete. It had a, it had a, a dry 
drive shaft and a motor and a pulley system, and you, you can actually make, you know, an animated windmill or something like that. Wow. And you could spend, absolutely spend hours building something. So did you make anything? Oh, yeah, we did. We made, we made a windmill. And it was really pretty cool. And it worked. Yeah, you turn on the electric motor and away she goes. I guess it was on the verge of being a fan. <laughs> the, the company that, uh, I think it was Gilbert, was the name of the company that produced those. Uh-huh. And they were really, they were really great toys. I mean, you couldn't, couldn't break them. And they, they really kept you busy because it took you almost as long to take the thing apart as it did to put it together. It wasn't like these Legos that you can snap together. Yeah. You had to bolt them together. Can you still buy an erector set? I would like to have one. Are they still available? I don't think, I don't think they produce them anymore. But I, I, I'm a garage sale fiend. If I, if I go to a garage sale and I see one, I shall buy it. You will buy it. Yeah. I love it. And the other thing, uh, which I bought I recently, which I can remember a toy as a kid, is, uh, is this actual model steam engine that actually works. Oh. Oh. And, and uh, when I got it, I, I, I looked into it, and by God, they still make them today. All right, well, if you hold on, you keep talking, and I'm going to check and see if they still make erector sets. Okay. Keep talking. I, I got to talk to Walden. Walden, tell me something I don't know. Well, oh, I thought he was out. She thought I was out sleeping today, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went to the Spurback lunch today, the old-time radio group there. We did four recreations and had lunch and sent everybody home by 4 o'clock. And really? We had, we had about 30 of the old-time radio performers in the audience. And it was good to see them there. And we all had a good time. Uh, you did that down in L.A.? Down in L.A., you bet. Yeah, okay. Bet. Yeah, I, I would love to see something like that, but I don't I don't travel that much anymore. Well, you, you, don't you get still get free air mileage? No, no. Not anymore? That, no, that, that, no. Well, once that, the, that didn't come out. That doesn't transfer over, huh? Once Pan Am went out of business, we lost mm. all the benefits. And who owned Pan Am? Wasn't that in Howard Hughes Airline one time? No, he was TWA. Yeah. I sat with, uh, with Terry Moore, who was married to Howard Hughes at one time today. Oh, let's <laughs> forget the first time I saw her in a movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She looked, like, she looked like in her early 50s today. Really? Yeah. How old is she? Was? I remember her. I guess it was... She'll be 83 January 1st. Must have been the 50s that yeah. she was really popular. She, well, she was nominated for an Oscar in 1952. Yeah. So, but yeah, she uh, looks in her 50s. Ralph, I have good news. What's that? You can still buy erector sets. Really? Really. And is it made by Gilbert? Uh, yep. Yeah, same company. Gilbert, let's see what we got here. Gilbert Erector Sets, A.C. Gilbert Erector Sets. Right. Herders and Sanders. Uh, yeah, they're all over the place. I'll be done. I, I, I got to look tomorrow. I'll, 
I'll turn the computer on and take a look at them. So if we don't hear from you next week, we know what you're doing? Yeah, Bill, I'm making a windmill. <laughs> <laughs> They're making yeah. a windmill. Well, Walden and I are going to be um, holding down the fort while Bill gets out of jail in Tijuana. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll be there on Monday, so maybe you could give a listen and say hi. Yeah, I, I heard you last week. You did? All right. Yeah. I just I just happened to be cruising past the radio, and there you were. There we were. And there we were. But I didn't know you. I, I wasn't uh, aware that you could call in. I thought you were just hosting a show, you know. Yeah, well, same thing. With, um, same same people, same situation, same phone number, same place, just different time. Oh, same phone number and everything. Yep. Uh-huh. All right. You bet. Oh, good. So is that your is that your own phone number? Uh huh. Yep. If it's, it's really is my fax number by day, ah. my studio nine by night, and anybody wants to call me twenty four hours a day, they can call that number. Yeah. You know. And people wondering when I don't pick it up because I'm running another part of the house. To, Where are you? I'm over here. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we have a uh, we have a fax line, which is also uh, one of our phone lines. Uh-huh. And I'm uh, I'm famous for leaving the darn fax machine on. Uh. And people call us. <laughs> and they get that high pitched tone. Oh, yeah. I'm picking up the phone on the other end and say. Wait a minute, I gotta run upstairs and turn off the fax machine. And sometimes they hear me, and they, but a lot of times they just hang up and, and I don't know who it was. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty disarming sound. Wow, yeah. I got another one uh, occasionally. Phone will ring in the middle of the night, mm. and I pick it up. It's not a fax tone, but it's a beep. Beep. That's and that's a fax coming in, or somebody is trying to send you a fax. I don't know. Yes, that's that's the beep that you get when somebody is trying to send a fax to you. I thought it, I thought it was Spugnik coming in. It sounded like beep beep. <laughs> I remember Spugnik. I knew him well. Yeah. Patricia, too young to know what Spugnik was. Sputnik? Yeah. I yeah. know what Sputnik okay. was. Boy, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, the name of the uh, the that piloted that thing. I'm not sure, but I think it was Yuri Gagarin. Yuri Gagarin, but it wasn't Sputnik. Sputnik was the unmanned space shuttle. Oh, Sputnik was the one with the dog in it. Yeah. No. I don't yeah, know. they sent they sent a dog up there. Oh. Well, they did send a dog up. I don't know if it was a, a Sputnik in the Sputnik family, but the first Sputnik was... Uh, hey, maybe, yeah, maybe Sputnik had nothing. They sure made the news when they shot that thing up there. Dogged, yeah. And then, well, and then... Uh, that was in the 90s. Then got on going to the moon. That's right. That is, we were going to go to the moon in, this, in that decade, and mm. by golly, they did it. If you think about it, it's quite a masterful feat. You know. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't comprehend you what know. they had to go through to do that. But my my wife's brother-in-law, 
worked for Grumand, and he was one of the uh, engineers on the lunar module. Oh. And I said, wow, you know. Yeah. Wow. He, he, uh, the uh, space business kind of started to go south. So he, uh, he, he went back to school. He, he got a job down there in Florida. I think he ended up being a highway commissioner or something mm. like that. Wow. Yeah, he was, he's a smart guy. Well, you never run out of road construction here. Ever. You're talking about steady work, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, Very. <laughs> Very. <laughs> when they finish building the roads, then they figure out ways to get you over the roads. So they build bridges over the roads that they just built. Yeah, you know, I, I watch a lot of commentaries and stuff, and... Uh, that uh, causeway, I guess they call it, that they built uh, down to the keys. Uh-huh. They showed, you know, how it was originally, I, I guess it was uh, trains. It was originally a train, and it got wiped out in a hurricane. Yeah, it got wiped out, but then they they used part of that right away to make it, make the highway, and now, of course, they've, they've improved right. and replaced a lot of that, but it's quite an engineering feat. You can still see parts of the trestle. When you go down the really? 100-mile highway, yeah, you can still... Where does... Pardon? I don't know my Florida geography is into. Where does it start being in? It starts in Homestead near Miami. Near Miami, okay. And then it's a straight shot down. Boy, that's something else. It, it... Yeah, I've been to Miami, but I never spent any time there. It flew in and flew out. Yeah. Well, I've, I've never spent any time in Miami, and I've only been to Key West a few times, but I really love it down there. I, I think if I had to stay there for months or I lived there for a while, it would probably wear thin because it's such a rich place, and it's so tourist-oriented, and there's just something going on all the time. So I think it would probably get old. But as a visitor, it is just a fun place for me to be. Well, you know, the... The place that I've been, I've been all over the place, you know. I've been several different continents. Yeah, I know. My job with the airlines. But the, the, the best place I've ever been is really New York City. I you want to go there, you want to eat, you want to go to a show, mm-hmm. you want to see people in action. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's, just, that's just the center of, of everything to me. Crikey, you can sit in the in the bus station and have a night of it. You know? Well, yeah. And go to 125th Street and just sit there. You know, Tony and I, we were we were people we're people watchers, mm-hmm. and we used to just ride on the subway to look at people sometimes. Yeah. Nice some strange combinations of people. I know, and that's one of the fun things about Key West is that you sit near Mallory Dock or on Duval Street and just watch the people go by. It's an amazing collection of people. Don't eat the brownies. Don't eat the brownies.